Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we lift. I pray that there are others that that are, have the courage to join me in this prayer. And if they don't feel that they need to, that's okay too, because we're all at different places in our walk. But dear Heavenly Father, I pray, please, 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 in the name of Jesus, we all know that we're not worthy. We come to, before you with a contrite spirit. I believe that we do with all of my heart. And Lord, I know that you know where my heart is. And you will also know, by knowing my heart, Psalm 139, that I feel less worthy than ever before. And I know that, in a sense, that's sort of a blessing. Actually, it is a kind of a huge blessing compared to where, you know, knowing where we need to be, or at least we, you know, where the Scripture tells us we need to be in our walk. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single listener of this program, not one of them, will miss the barley harvest. That is my only, that is my, I don't want to say my only hope, but it's certainly my greatest hope and desire. For all these years, Father, we have been learning more, going through chastening, going through all kinds of supernatural experiences, sometimes just really hard times. And we praise you for helping us to be able to look at those hard times and, you know, in retrospect and see your holy hand involved in those things, knowing that if we had not gone through those difficult times, whether it, where, whether those difficult times were a result of chastening or whether those difficult times are a result of continuous sanctification through fiery trials, Father, I just want to praise you for the changes that you brought about in me. As you know, and I am not ever going to be hush-mouthed about this. I will always wear my heart on my sleeve because my goal and my hope, my dream, is to be able to help others that are going through similar things because they don't have any other place to go to. They can't bring them up in church in their churches. 
the and I, without getting into all the details of the challenges associated with that, we just praise you, Father God, because we need a place where we can go that we're able to discuss openly our trials, our tribulations, our difficulties, and do it as part of the body of Christ. Father, I so wish that there was some way, but I'm pretty sure that there isn't unless you reveal something to me. And I know Matthew 19:26 says that with God all things are possible. But I wish that there was some way that we were able to fellowship a little bit more intimately um, in a, uh, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, like a back and forth sort of way where we were able to interact with one another. And I know that we've tried that before through forums and stuff on the Internet and it kind of turned into a, a disaster that exploded out of control in a very short period. Father, we can sense, we can sense the the magnitude of the darkness that has risen around about us. But at the same time, we praise you because we can also see, many of us can anyway, we can see as we go through the difficult times, whatever they are, family members dying, um, accusations from family members, you know, things that, that Jesus warned us or, you know, admonished us about and told us were coming in the Olivet Discourse. And we praise you, Father God, for the prophet, for the prophecy that we were given that from wings that uh, said that we are in the sorrows period. We praise you for that, Father, because we've been, I know that I have personally been wondering and believing in my heart that we were, that we had progressed past the beginning of sorrows and that we were actually in the sorrows period. And I know, Father God, that there are so many out there that absolutely gush with joy and love beyond any words that can, you know, capture. They love to dissect and, and look at the timeline and use the concept of generations and the number 80 and compare it to, to when Israel is established and stuff and try to figure out, you know, when things are going to start happening. But I praise you, Father God, for revealing to my heart, because I needed it, uh, the prophecy from Brother Dan and God's Healer 7, which I embrace, even to this day, even though it's like six, seven years old, that we need to start looking at the events and measuring those events against the Holy Bible, but also understanding as best as we can through prophecies, dreams, and visions and the godly matters, as best as we can, knowing that the, the people that are having these prophecies, knowing that the people that are having these visions and dreams oftentimes are unable to perceive time. And so when they guess September, when they guess next spring, when they think the rapture is two weeks from now, if as long as we're able to discern and take out that time piece, if we can take out the element of time and just identify the event and the details associated with the event that you showed them and put it on a shelf so that we're able to correlate that event and eventually, maybe through your mercy and grace, be shown if anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God who gives to all liber liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them, uh, James 1.5, and be able to correlate the information from the prophecies, dreams, and visions, sometimes over many, many years, 10, 12 for me, um, more recently going back to 2016 especially. Father, we just praise you because it helps us to be able to identify, at least have, have a better idea. I don't want to say clearly identify because that would be inaccurate. Um, but definitely have a better idea of where we are, most likely, 
with no guarantees whatsoever and no understanding of our margin of error, understanding that you are totally in control of all things that are going on, understanding that you respond to the prayers of the saints, understanding that your goal, what it is, what it, whatever your will is for the people, uh, you know, for because you're the one who's able to see, not us. Not us. We can't see. We can hope. We can believe. We can hold up your scripture. We can use the sword of the spirit. We can be. We can live every single day as if it is our last, because it could be. But at the same time, I pray in Jesus' name that we all have that humble and contrite spirit. I need it more and more every day, and I want more and more of it. If I need, and I pray that others will join me in this prayer, at least those who are ready for it, that if any of us need an adjustment to where we are in our walk. Whatever that adjustment is, if we need to have our homes taken away, take it away. If we need to have uh, something serious happen in our lives that will traumatize us a little bit to bring us to a new place, to, as, this, it's, as so many people teach and, uh, you know, as, as, as the scripture indicates uh, when we read it, uh, you know, about the refiner's fire tearing us down, that you could build us back up again into a, a new creation. And so many times, Father, I admit, I hold my hand up very high before all that I needed to have myself torn down many times because I would, I'm just like, I think if, if there is in one regard that I can admit that I'm very similar to the Apostle Paul, it would be uh, in his thorn in the flesh story, um, and I certainly qualify for that. Um, and I praise you for that. I thank you, Father, for answering my prayers, understanding the sincerity in my heart about not wanting to miss the barley harvest, about wanting to live, wanting to be, Luke twenty-one thirty-six, that we would all together pray always, praying always to be found worthy, to be accounted worthy, we don't even know what that means, Father. All we can determine, or at least estimate, I'll say I'll use that term, all we can do in our estimation through prayer, through the best understanding that we can come to in the Scripture, when we look at Luke twenty-one thirty-six, we know that it has to do with the fig tree generation and only the fig tree generation because the fig tree parable is right there before it. And we know that we're it. So... In one accord, where two or more gathered together on earth, believing, shall be given to them. And we believe in one accord, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we will be counted worthy. Even though we're all in different places, even though we're still going through the sanctification process, and we will probably forever be going through it, um, I expect, based upon the testimonies of so many that have been taken to heaven, that... Our learning experience, our growth will continue uh, rather fantastically even after we arrive in heaven. Um, there are also those who will be taken to heaven that maybe won't be as interested in growth and will be content where they are, and that's fine. But I can say to you, Father, as you know, and by looking in my heart, that I want everything that I can get from you. And I believe that so many of the listeners of this program want everything that they can get from you. They they desire you. They they hungrily, as a deer pants for the water, desire you. I want to fall in love with you more than anything in the whole world. Father, you know that through the various trials and tribulations and difficulties and traumas that I have gone through over the last, I don't know, 
2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 22, 23, about seven years, that it has been eternity changing for me. And I pray that you will do eternity changing things for everybody else, that we will all lay ourselves down will, willingly before you as a total sacrifice, as a utter, that, that we may give our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to you. Whatever you may do, we thank you. Though you slay us, we will trust you, Job 13:15. We pray, Father God, that, that is the cry of our hearts, that whatever we need to go through now, that you will bring us through it now, that we will, in Jesus' name, be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth. And please, count us, we pray. Let us go to the wedding supper and be full of ecstasy because we were chosen only by you and counted worthy by you and only with your help and by your grace might we be counted worthy. And we praise you for this this walk, these trials, these tribulations, these fiery trials. And if we need more, we want more. Please, Father, let nothing of this earth hinder us from being counted worthy. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, to anyone out there that is experiencing, and I, I feel bad, I, I can't overcome. I'm just going to let you know. I'm just going to be as frank and open and hard on my sleeve as I always am and have been for 12 years and 7,000 radio shows. Um, I can't control what I can't control. 
<laughs> okay? I think most of us are uh, in that place in our walk right now. And one of the things that we can never control and never predict is what's going to happen with guests. Guests travel. Guests have other programs. Guests change their minds sometimes. We've actually had people. I had one guest that I brought on. Uh, we had lined up, had an uh, absolute confirmation that they were coming on the radio show. They were author of mo- multiple books, had been on multiple Christian shows. They said, absolutely, beyond any shot of it, I will be there, I will be there, I will be there. And literally within one hour prior to the show starting, the individual contacted me and said, oh, I just discovered that you're not a pre-trib rapture person. I can't come on your show. <laughs> I am not kidding you. So um, I even had a conversation, you know, off, 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 you know, it wasn't a public conversation. It was a private one over the phone with, uh, 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 um, you know, uh, somebody who's very well known out there. I'll just leave it at that. And uh, I told him, I said, boy, I'll tell you what, you know, managing guests is extremely difficult. And, the, and you know, this person was is very well known, by the way. And um, he said, boy, you can say that again. So um, one of the things that's very consistent, you know, it's, it's fascinating because I love this saying. I don't know about you, but I love it. And that is the only thing that's consistent is inconsistency. <laughs> right? So, um, so anyway, what happens is if I schedule a pro, you know, if we don't have a confirmation from, we try very, very hard. I can, I can assure you of that. So I apologize in advance. Please accept this apology. I apologize in advance whenever a radio show dynamic changes, whenever I have to send out a new link or any of that kind of stuff. Please forgive me because we don't have control over these things. Um, everybody who deals with this pr- program, including myself, is dealing with a gazillion, I mean, just an untold number of other life dynamics. This is not a dedi- This is not like, I'm not going to name other ministries' names, okay, because I don't want this to be in- misinterpreted as that sort of a dynamic where I'm saying, well, they do that, and they do this, and that does It's not like that. This particular program is all about fellow brothers and sisters helping one another accomplish a goal. Okay, now I'm the, you know, blabbermouth that has the microphone, yes, but that's not relevant. Okay, at the end of the day, we're all part of the body of Christ. I've had this conversation many, many times with many, many different people over my walk. And um, and the reality is that if you, you know, if you do understand your Bible and you if, you know, it's a big if, because a lot of people read their Bible and they just don't see things. Their hearts are, I don't know, landlocked or something, and they just can't seem to break past wherever it is they are. I don't ever want to be that way. And God, our, our Heavenly Father and I have had many, many conversations, many in tears, many supernatural experiences. It has been the most astonishing walk anybody could ever be blessed with. My life literally would fill up a 600-page book in a snap, and nobody would believe it. I've tried to testify. I've tried to bring people to the revelation of Jesus um, by trying to explain to them that, well, you know, they would say to me, you know, well, why do you feel that way? Why, do you, why are you so sure? And I would tell them, well, because I've had supernatural experiences, mind-blowing supernatural experiences, and a lot of times I just get a deer-in-the-headlight look. They just look at me like, uh, well, what does that mean to me? You know, so, um, you know, and so we, we, we bump across, we bump, we bump into these obstacles as we go through our walks. And it's just how it is. Um, you know, I say a lot of times when I give um, testimony about stuff that happened to me, I, I, I don't want to say always, but a lot of times I'll preface it with, hey, this was my experience. 
and you don't have to believe it. You may not believe it. You may just think I'm a raving lunatic. I've had people call me all kinds of names. I've had entire websites set up against me. I've had people try to take away my job and destroy it, and it came very close. I've had directors of billion-dollar companies call me up on the phone, and basically they were preparing to terminate my job over this radio show. Um, it, I, it, all these kinds of things happen. It's just what part of the walk, part of the things that we have to go through, and I praise God for them. Um, but anyway, um, I got to try to stay on track, and it's a little bit hard because I haven't eaten anything all day, and I'm, I I can't say anything because it'll ruin it. But anyway, um, it's all good. I'm making some adjustments in um, my walk right now, and I praise God for that. And I think I just praise Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. And I pray that we are all. So cognizant, so aware of, you know, all taking that 1,000 milligram red pill and all so aware of the things that are happening around the world right now that we are, I don't know, hypersensitive to the reality of how close that we could be. You know, we got the government talking about, you know, this this program, unlike others, you know, and I was mentioning about um, other radio shows and stuff, you know, they everybody's in, in their place. Now, I, I don't know. You don't know what you don't know, and only God knows certain things. I don't know where you are. You know, I see graphs. I see numbers of people and stuff listening to the program. I see spikes on when we bring certain guests on, all that kind of stuff. And then I also have people emailing me, and they tell me things like, oh, I just adore it when you do your own programs and you don't have guests and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the thing about it is, and, and I'll have people petition me very strongly, to do certain things, you know, like I wish that you would do only, you know, no guest. It would just be you, 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 you. I just love it when it's an all you show. The problem is that if we're fishers of men, we got to recognize that there's a whole bunch of different kind of fish in the sea. But there's another dynamic that comes into play with tribulation now, and that is, and I know this may be a little bit hard to kind of wrap your arms around. It is for me, is that this program is like different if you <laughs> that is if you didn't already kind of notice that um in the sense that our specialization by the way I've taken a beating over this a lot uh in fact the reason why I only schedule shows the day of the show is because when I used to schedule shows 3 days in advance Christians so called would go find the guests that we're bringing on and then they would attack us they would contact the guests, they would tell the guest all kinds of horrible things, and then it would cause guest-related problems. I'm not going to get into specifics, but it's happened many, many times. So we had to institute a policy that we only do the show the day of the show. This troubles a lot of people, by the way. There are I'm not going to mention any names, but there are guests that we bring on this program that want to give like a three-day notice that they're coming on the program. They don't understand and that's okay. We just don't. I, I, and I don't have the time. I'll be, you know, I mean, I just don't. I just don't have the time. I don't have the time to be able to call everybody up on the phone and explain to all. Think about the diversity of guests that we have on this program. Can you imagine how much time it would take? It already takes a couple of hours to, to do the show notes for a given show. So you see me on the radio show or you hear me for three hours, right? It's not three. I don't know how many hours every single morning at 4 o'clock in the morning that I am hunting down. I'm doom serving. I'm looking for reports. I want to know when there are huge events happening over in Russia, huge events happening around the world. 
if I calculated the total amount of hours that I invest in trying to help you, help you, you, I can't. I can't. All I can tell you is it probably approaches the same number of hours that I work. I don't know what, I don't know. I have to do, I'd have to try to figure it out. I know it's probably about an hour and a half every single day. Um, so do the math, whatever that is, 1.5 times 7. And then it's two hours of show notes preparation. And then, you know, the three hours of the radio shows, which are three times a week, right? So whatever that comes out to. And that's a minimum. That does not include me responding to every single email that I get, because I do. The Lord is also teaching me things. I'm learning. Um, I'm always learning. And the report card that I get is not always a good one. I'm just going to tell you, it's not always a good one. And I start to feel, I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. I impressed upon my heart that I could have handled the dynamic a little bit better. The Lord is speaking to me a little bit more clearly right now, and he's letting me know too much information, TMI, 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 TMI. Now, I'm not talking about my testimony, wearing my heart out on my sleeve or any of that kind of stuff, because I believe that applied Christianity is missing from churchianity. When we go into the church, especially in the United States of Babylon the Great, People are, they keep, they're hush mouth. They're smiley, they're praiseful, you can talk to them, you can give them a Jesus hug, but at the end of the day, you can't really tell them how you feel. Now you can't. You can't mention Planet X, because they'll think that you're demon-possessed, and they'll try to lay hands on you, and they won't want to talk to you anymore, and you're not going to get invited to their cover dish. So it, it's, it's a very tricky place for us to be, and we can be in a very large church with a lot of really friendly, smiley faces, but feel so utterly alone, it's unbelievable. And dare we even you know, suggest, even for a millisecond, a nanosecond even, or in conversation or just sharing ideas you know, with a family member that might have been at the church service, that, you know, what do you think about this or what do you think about that? You know, you're, you're going to be very quick to receive rebuke. Because people's hearts are just not open nowadays. The, as the darkness rises, I have seen nothing but more and more friction, more and more arguments and dissension. It's, it's, it's alarming. It's really alarming. And the Lord, one of the things the Lord has been teaching me, and I hope that he teaches you this too, because it's, a, it's so liberating. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's so liberating. Is when the Lord and it's a it's a slow process, folks. Okay, please believe it's a slow process. But when like right now I'm going through this new learning experience. It's multi-phased. It's multifaceted. But one of the things I'm learning is to not take things like my house and where you know, like I have like I had a collection of coffee mugs and I thought to myself, you know, somebody had moved them around and took them out for their stuff. Because I'm, you know, I'm not going to get into details, but the long story, normally I would, I wouldn't be happy about that. I'd be like, how could you remove these coffee mugs from my, these, this is a collection. I love these coffee mugs. But then I thought to myself, how ridiculous is that? When's the last time I took all those coffee mugs out of, out of the cabinet and actually looked at them? Yes, I know that some of them were Christmas presents. Yes, I know that some of them were birthday presents. But it isn't like I open up the cabinet and go, hey, let's have a walk down memory lane and let's look at all the different coffee mugs and try to reminisce. I'm not a reminiscing sort of a person. 
I just don't. So I thought to myself, how ridiculous that I would be possessive of these coffee mugs that I never look at. This is just insane. So anyway, I'm I, little by little, I'm waking up and I'm letting go. It's like, whatever, let it go, give it away, give it away, give it away. And it's so liberating. It really, really is. And um, I hope that we can all come to that place. I don't want to be, you know, Lot's wife. I don't want to be like looking over my shoulder. I know I won't be. The second that I even think that I've heard this the show far, I'm going to be like climbing out the nearest window, running for my life. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Because I don't want to be here another nanosecond, let alone whatever. You know, and I don't think that any of us do. Okay. But the problem is, one of the challenges is, we might be here a little bit longer. You know, even though we have every reason, you know, through the contributions of the listeners of the program to believe that we could be, think about it, when in our lifetime has the Congress started talking openly about, you know, extraterrestrial biological entities (laughs) and like videos being released of greys? And I know a lot of people think it's Photoshop, but I can tell you it ain't. Um, that's the first thing that, you know, when, when an unbeliever comes along, you know, it doesn't matter what you're trying to tell them. If you're telling them about 9-11, whatever thing is you're trying to share with them, they're going to go into a debunking stage. They're going to debunk everything you say. They're going to give you a thousand reasons why it can't be true. And that's fine. To those of us who have been studying the uh, fallen angelic dynamic and have been, I consider it a blessing. Now, other people probably just think I'm a raving lunatic, and that's completely fine. And, and if I had it, you know, I, you know, it, I can't express how many times, I just can't, how many times over the last 12 years, somebody emailed me and said, you know, when I first heard you talking on the radio show, I really, really believed with all of my heart that you were some type of a raving lunatic, that you needed to be committed to a hospital. And then they would say, but you know what? Over the last three years, I started looking into things. And I praise God for what I discovered. I've had people tell me that they've, they've been spending the last four or five weeks reading articles on Tribulation Now. And they would tell me the same thing, essentially, that they thought I was a raving lunatic. And then they were like, oh, I praise God I found you. I pray, you know, I was looking for this topic. You know, I was searching on Planet X, and I found your website, and I just praise Jesus I found you. And um, and believe me, I don't get any pride from that at all. I don't get any. I don't want to. I never did. You know, I, I've told the story about Smith Wigglesworth, and it's a true story. I have read his biography. I've read multiple books of his. I think he's a wonderful person to learn about to teach us how we need to be more like, and just one of many. I've read Lester Summerall's books and a whole bunch of others. But um, it's a true story where where Smith Wigglesworth was at a revival that he was invited to, and he was it was a big tent. They set up a big tent, and they had a stage set up and all that. And he, and he would get there early before anybody else would arrive. And he would sit up in the very front row on the you know folding chairs in the grass, and he would pray and have his Bible on his lap and stuff. And this uh, one particular uh, revival that he was at, he, Divine Healing Revival that he was invited to, 
a family, a rather large one, in fact, uh, husband and wife, who knows, cousins, aunts, uncles, lots of little kids. They all came into the tent at the same time, and one of the members of the family, I don't know, it wasn't clear who, was like, it's Smith Wigglesworth, it's Smith Wigglesworth, look, it's Smith Wigglesworth. And Smith Wigglesworth jumps on top of one of the folding chairs and points down to them and says, what are you trying to do? Send me straight to hell? It's amazing how much truth is behind his reaction. He knew, spiritually and scripturally, that if he developed any pride, that it was game over. So, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that that sent a shockwave through the family that was coming into the tent. Can you imagine how they felt? They probably felt that they were being highly complimentary of him, and they probably thought that he would be blessed beyond – his socks would be blessed off by them being highly complimentary of him. Uh, but Smith was like totally threw them under the bus. That's the thing is we're all in a different place in our walk, and that makes it so hard. I think that's why the Bible admonishes us to love, to to entreat, to step back and and learn like Jesus when to even respond at all. Sometimes it's better just to delete the email. Sometimes it's better not just not to respond at all. Some you know Jesus when he was getting slammed by the Sanhedrin, he hardly ever answered anything that they said. All of his accusations were met with a just he didn't say nothing. Except there were a couple of times when he would say, you have said so. That's all he would say. And we can learn from that. And the Lord is trying to teach me that because my instinct is to make friends. Because when you're exceedingly lonely and you're living in a prison, essentially, you know, uh, like Paul would call it, you know, he would say, I'm a prisoner of Christ. And um, and I've jokingly said about, well, I'm, if I'm a prisoner of Christ, I'm in a super mags. Which is kind of true, and um, but you know what? It it it's it's a blessing. It's a challenge, but it's also a blessing too. Um, and uh, you know, anyway, where am I heading with all this? I don't know. I just wanted to share with you that I apologize if anyone's inconvenienced at all by the dynamics that are associated with guest management and rescheduling of shows. Because these are things that are outside of our control. We try really, really hard. If you saw the amount of emails that Sister Nancy sends out, please, she puts in the subject line in all capital letters, please answer. We need a confirmation, please. And they don't answer. They don't. And then's the morning of the show, and I got to get up and put a you know, I got to send out a marketing email. I got to let everybody know what the link is to the program. We've heard nothing from the guest whatsoever, and and they've already rescheduled in some cases. And it's just it's absolutely wacky, crazy like that. And then all of a sudden, it's like you know, one hour, two hours before the radio show is going to start, and all of a sudden, they responded. And then I'm like going, oh, thank you, Lord. And then I was like, you know, now it's it, everything is an emergency. I got to drop everything. You know, no dinner for you. And I run into the office, cancel the other show, set up another th- program, and all this other stuff. And, and, you know, what? it takes time to schedule a show. It takes time to put together the emails. It takes time to create the link. It takes time to do all these things. And then invariably, I get, you know, a whole wagon train 
of emails from people going, the link doesn't work. The link doesn't work. The link doesn't work. What's going on? I'm getting a 404 error code. And I'm like, please, 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 please look at your emails. Please, 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 please look at your emails. I just scheduled a new show. And it happens. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not complaining. This isn't a complaint. All I'm trying to do is the best that I can do to help everybody understand we're trying as hard as we can. Sister Nancy is the wife. I, I can't get into the details because she's very busy. Please understand, it's amazing. It, it, it's um, nothing less than a miracle from Jesus Christ himself that she is able to do the things that she does. It's nothing less than an absolute miracle of Jesus Christ himself that Sister Mary Lee is able to send me the amount of uh, apocalyptic news that she sends. And Sister Vera has been going through all kind of stuff, and she's not been able to do anything, which is fine, because the magnitude of the stuff that she's going through right now, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. I wouldn't. It's a horrible thing to have to go through what she's been through. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I could mention these are just the people that are directly helping me with the ministry at this time. And they're all their lives are gushing. They're overflowing other things with family issues and sicknesses in the family, deaths in the family. I'm not even going to get into all the things that I, I'm going through because that'd take three hours. It's just the way it is. So please, please forgive me. Because we can't. We just don't. There aren't enough hours in the day. We just cannot do it. We can't. We're trying, but we can't. Okay, so anyway, thank you for understanding. Thank you for forgiving us for sending out multiple show emails. Thank you for bearing with us while you're getting 401 or 404 error messages. Thank you. God bless you for your patience because... We can't. We can't overcome it. Okay. And as the days grow darker, it becomes harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. We have more. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. But as I mentioned before, a person who's been a guest on this show is a personal friend of mine. At least I consider him to be. Um, and nobody agrees 100% on everything. We get excited about different stuff. And that's how it is. But, you know, I. It, I have multiple godly confirmations that guest management is bar none, bar none, bar none, the very, very most difficult thing that anybody who does a podcast will ever do. So these folks out there, God bless their sweethearts that have YouTube channels that are doing ministry work. What a blessing, because this program broadcast in a live cast. So our shows are live. They're being broadcast, simulcast, if you will. So right now, the show is being recorded as a podcast, but it's live. And you know what's kind of neat about live? Is that you get to hear the real me. Now, what you don't get to hear is what I go through in private, and it's not always good. But I do share some of it with you because I want you to understand that you're not alone. When I say as best as I know how to, and it's not good. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm not. I'm as unperfect as unperfect can be. I'm the, I'm the poster child of unperfectness, if there is such a word. But as I've said many times before, James 5.16, where it says, you know, some 
translations kind of like, and I'm summarizing, you know, forsake not the fellowship of the brethren, especially when you see the days drawing close, something along that line. And then it says, the fervent effective prayers of a righteous man avails much. So that's the entire James 5.16. I believe, I know, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, that the first half of James 5.16, which I call 5.16a, well, I call it the um, misery loves company scripture. It's, you know, it, it says, you know, some of the translations say, you know, share your sins or faults with one another that ye may heal. But what it really means is that we should fellowship with one another and say, you know what, I'm really having a problem with this. I'm really having a problem with that. I'm really having a problem that CBDCs are going to go into effect any second now, and I'm not going to have a way to feed my family. I'm really having a problem. Guess what? Go try to talk about that at your church. Go ahead. I highly recommend that you don't. (laughs) I sound like Jason Aldean. Thank you, Jesus. I sound like Jason Aldean in that uh, in that uh, 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 song that he did about you know try that in a small town. I really wish that you don't, <laughs> and I recommend that you don't. Uh, but anyway, um, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We're all going. We're all in this together. We are, and I pray in Jesus' name that every one of us really seeks the Lord. Invite. I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but invite the refiner's fire into your life. Invite it. But do it because you don't want to miss. I don't want to miss. I, there is nothing I can see in this world. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing in this world that means diddly to me. I want to go home. I even have, still to this day, going back 11, 12 years, the little, you get to put a little saying, if you want to, a little status message into your Skype. When I first set up my Skype to use it for the radio show, the little saying that I put under my name, you know, it's like Johnny Baptist something, 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 or whatever for my Skype name. It says, I don't want to get off this alien demon infested rock. And I mean it. Okay. <laughs> I meant it back in 2011 and I mean it right now. Hallelujah. All right. And I think a lot of us feel that way. But on, on the flip side of that, though, what a great opportunity, really. This opportunity is an opportunity for us to touch other people, bless other people, grow in our, grow in our faith, grow in our – we can serve the Lord so powerfully in our prayer lives, taking communion in the morning. This is why I share what I do. It's not because I'm boasting. I, no way, no way would I boast. No way. I fear God way too much. I have made way too many mistakes. I'm just hoping maybe, if there is any such thing, that I can get enough extra credit to be counted worthy. That's all. That's all. I just want the extra credit. I don't even know if there is a such thing as extra credit, <laughs> but I'm sure hoping so. Right. Amen. So anyway, um, I don't think any of us want to be here. You know, we want to be counted worthy. So anyway, um, that's that's uh, my little uh, opening diatribe <laughs> blabbermouth thing uh, for this program. And now I'm going to try to head into the program. Listen. Tonight, we're going to listen to the testimony of Brother Mark. Um, uh, We were able to get him uh, lined up. Uh, There was a confusion. Okay, confusion. I admit it. Raise my hand. Um, You know, we're unbelievable. Words cannot describe how busy we are. (laughs) Okay. And then, um, and, uh, you know, uh, but anyway, all that aside, please forgive us. We're going to keep on working on it. We're going to keep on trying. We're not going to give up. And uh, I'm not going to stop you know, trying as hard as I can to make this program uh, 
applied Christianity to help everybody understand that you're not alone. We're all in this together. If you need to change something in your life, that you can change it. it might, but please don't expect it to happen overnight. None of it did for me. Okay. Anyway, praise God. Kids, are you ready? <laughs> now, after, after Mark's testimony, we may, uh, it's a high level of likelihood that we'll finish up the news tonight. And, uh, you know, unless he goes on, he may go on all the way to 10, and then we'll just roll forward the news that we can roll forward. Praise God. All right, so anyway, kids, where do young trees go to learn? Where do young trees go to learn? Elementary school. Kids, elementary school. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, how did the student feel when he learned about electricity? Totally shocked. (laughs) Kids, totally shocked, right? That's pretty good. It really is. Kids, what has one horn and gives milk? Only one horn, though. A milk truck. <laughs> Kids? Kids, come on. Snap out of it. Don't be thinking about it. Pay no attention to Spanky. Pay no attention to Spanky. Spanky, what, put that dang thing down. Put that, that tablet down. Don't be, don't be prompting people to be doing stuff. Oh, spanky. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so I wanted to share this with you. This is from a scientist. And... I think it's fascinating because when you study cognitive behavioral therapy and scientific things that are out there right now, and there's a whole new discipline of doctors out there that have risen up since the pandemic. This is one of them. Let's listen to what he has to say because this is amazing. It actually, all these things, all these witticisms that all these doctors are coming out with, they're in the Bible. Okay, let's listen to this. Are the electrical charge in the quantum field? Hold on a second. And feelings we missed the, the first word. Hold on. Thoughts are the electrical charge in the quantum field, and feelings produce a magnetic charge in the quantum field. Yeah. And how you think and how you feel broadcasts electromagnetic energy that influences every single atom in your life. The thought sends the signal out, and the feeling draws the experience back to you. Yeah. So then, if the person is living in anger, impatience, resentment, frustration, and they're holding the intention of their future. That's mind and body in opposition. There's, 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 not a, there's no vibrational match between anything and their future because they're saying, why hasn't it happened? Yeah. And they're waiting for their healing to begin so that they feel gratitude. Why, why hasn't they're it happened? They're waiting for their success like to feel abundance like or empowerment. They're waiting uh, for their new relationship to feel love. Well, that's the old model of reality of cause and effect, Newtonian physics. Thoughts are... Okay, so what this maps over to the Bible is when Jesus said, as a man think of it, you know, again, I believe that all things are of Christ, and Christ Jesus, our King, is of the, is the Word, right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So that's why my recommendation is always, every day you pray for it, but every day you get up, in the morning, you raise your hands up in the sky. You, my, when my feet hit the ground at 4 a.m., 
sometimes it's quarter till 4 a.m., my feet hit the ground, and I raise my hands, and I say, praise you, Jesus, for a happy, awesome, peaceful day. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for answering all of my prayers. Praise you for answering all of my prayers. Thank you, Father God, for getting rid of this problem. Thank you, Father God, for getting rid of that problem. Thank you, Father God, for blessing my job. Thank you, Father God, for helping me with this new project that I've been given to you that nobody in their right mind would take. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And when you take that approach... It's um, it's like the Mount Moriah. Um, you know, there's this uh, uh, old Hebrew, uh, I don't know what it's called, but, you know, uh, mantra or whatever or saying about Mount Moriah. The concept is that the Hebrews on one side of the mountain would shout blessings over the, over the top of the mountain to the Hebrews on the other side of the mountain. And the Hebrews on the other side of the mountain would shout blessings back to them. Blessings one way, blessings back. Blessings one way, blessings back. And it would actually work somehow. Now, I don't know. You can go out and, and research Mount Moriah, M-O. R-R-I-A-H, I believe it is. But it's it's fascinating. And also, please go to YouTube and type in Emoto, E-M-O-T-O, E-M-O-T-O, Messages in Water. Please. Your mind will be blown. These are unbelievers. Okay? Your mind will be blown. All right, this is uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor, and he's talking about uh, long-range missile strikes in the Ukraine because we just sent him a bunch of long-range missiles as if, you know, because we're, we're trying to provoke World War III. The Antichrist is trying to provoke it. We know that the, uh, they want us to kill each other. They're longing for it. These are reptilians. These are dracos. These are fallen seraphim, and they maintain their shape as humans by stealing the power of God by drinking adrenochrome which is blood infused with God. Okay, Genesis 2, 7, uh, the Lord God Yahweh Elohim breathed the living soul, capital S, living soul, into the nostrils of Adam. I have a video, believe it or not, of a zygote being um, inseminated. Okay, it's the moment of time, that millisecond of moment of time when it's, uh, when fertilization occurs, and they actually filmed it. And at the moment, that that fertilization occurs at conception, that millisecond, that nanosecond, there's an explosion of light that's visible. They actually filmed it. So conception, poof, flash of light, and then bam, it starts. That flash of light is the Spirit of God moving in to that union, and it's actually filmable, did you know? That's amazing. Okay, so what we're seeing is all these things come in. They're, the, everything about God is becoming a reality in our lives right now. And the scientists are waking up to it. They just haven't mapped it back to the Bible. Praise God. This is uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor talking about the long-range missiles. Here we go. Like I said, uh, later on we'll go through the rest of the rest of the story. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, though, about the uh, first uh, to say, hey, the, the Russians don't dare to retaliate. We can do what we want. I mean, uh, how do, 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 you, do you think the Russians will strike back? If so, who would they attack? Would they go after the Poles, the British? Uh... Well, you, look, you framed the question very well. Uh, do the risks of direct assaults on, on Ukrainian forces, do, do the risks of an all-out offensive to end this war outweigh uh, the risks of uh, doing nothing? Uh, right now, I think people in, in Russia are very, very, very sensitive to the attacks that have been 
launched against Russians on Russian soil. There's no question about it. Remember, every government has an obligation to protect its population. That's primarily why we maintain the armed forces. I think the Russian military has done the best it can, but there's a realization that it's going to take more than simply building effective defenses. So I don't know when the decision will be made, but I suspect there are serious talks happening right now. Remember, there are 300,000 troops uh, in reserve that could be launched by the Russians against what remains of Ukraine anytime they want to do it. What we don't know is what is the logistical picture? Uh, Have they the logistics in place to sustain an offensive over the river and into Western Ukraine? I think they probably do, but I don't know the answer to that question. All right. Praise God. So the debate goes on and there are more and more and more. I will let you know in advance. There are more and more and more attacks going on inside of Russian territory. Crimea. We're going to cover that later. Um, So anyway, let me go ahead and move on. Um, I am looking at these headlines and I'm going to discern which ones I can move forward and which ones I can't. All right. This one I can move forward. This one I want to save. Thank you, Jesus. All right. All right. Um, you, the, this is a headline. Hallelujah. And let's go ahead. And I'm looking at the time. Boy, did we run out of time. I'm sorry, but I had to get that out um, so that we had some harmony in understanding why I, I got to do what I got to do. And I, I apologize. All right. So anyway, let's move on. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Okay. Ukraine destroyed Black Sea Fleet headquarters in Crimea. Crimea. So a missile was launched and it blew up the Black Sea Fleet headquarters in Crimea. So we're seeing right now, we're seeing live attacks from the Ukraine against Russian territory, Russian major locations. And we've just begun to send them missiles that are very long or comparatively long range. Let's put it that way. All right. So the Russian Ministry of Defense says that they will take measures against the direct attacks on Russia. So let me go ahead and bring this up, hallelujah, and you will be able to hear it, uh, the report on this. Praise God. Russian Defense Minister, attacks are taking place on Russian territory outside the Special Operations Zone. Russia now sees the USA and Great Britain as complete parties to the current war and will allow itself to attack decision-making centers in Ukraine. Russia will target Iranian President Zelensky as... Ukrainian attacks are now taking place on Russian territory outside the special operations zone. All right. Praise God. Now, um, let me go ahead and let, uh, look at this next one here. I see this one. I'm going to go ahead and roll this one forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Supreme Court. Listen to this headline. This is troubling. Very, very troubling. I, I, I've said many times that I believe that the Supreme Court is also owned by the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. Okay, and I'm going to read the headline. Supreme Court temporarily allows Biden administration's social media censorship efforts. So now the Supreme Court is basically ripping away. uh, Anyway, you heard what it says. You heard all the testimony of the Twitter people, the Twitter files. You heard that. Hopefully you did. Uh, I played some of that on this program. It's absolutely horrible what happened. Absolutely horrible. What did they do to the FBI agents that refused to participate in the lies associated with, you know, the event? Right? Okay. It's all false flag. It's all a lie. It's all satanic. 
and it's in full swing, as we know. All right, praise God. Next headline up. House committee passes a bill to ban the Fed from creating CBDCs. Well, that's interesting because listen to this uh, guy. Now, I don't know what this person's name is. Wait a minute. It says that he's a banker for extremely big banks. Let's listen to what he has to say about what he believes is going to happen. All right, let's bring this live. Here we go. That we could possibly hit the point of the wealth transfer beginning this month. I realize there's only 11 this days month. left. It's not a lot of time. But at the movement that this is moving in terms of, of activity and what's being exposed, uh, things could move very rapidly. What I do expect in terms of, of uh, some of the historical assets and revaluation currencies is that some of that will take place during the quiet time. All right. So I wanted you to hear that from a major banker. And Mark, if you are queued up in the, uh, uh, you know, to come on live, give me just a couple of more seconds. We're running a little bit behind tonight. Uh, and um, I will be bringing you live. We have plenty of time as long as you do. I pray that you do. And um, we're very excited to have you. So hang in there for me if you would. Okay. The next headline is Fed Now. That's the United States version of Central bank digital query. This is the Fed now is the actual digital ID. Okay, so while they have a House committee trying to pass a bill to ban the Federal Reserve from creating central bank digital currencies, you've got bankers saying, too late, too late, it might happen this month. And then you have uh, a report that says Fed now goes live, paving the way to central bank digital currencies. So it's live the digital ID portion of it. Okay, so they're already doing a pilot. They already got people testing it out. It's it's closing in on us. It's almost like saying, I don't want to go to war, but they're like Chinese soldiers standing in your front yard. I don't want to go to war. I don't want to go to war. I pray that we don't go to war. Wait a minute. Those are Russian and Chinese soldiers in my front yard. What am I going to do now? You know, it's, it's like a day late and a dollar short. Because it's more like months late and millions of dollars short. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So um, one, just a couple of more. Mm. Uh, let me just play this one more last and let's go over and bring on Brother Mark. I don't want to keep him waiting too long. All right. So because I don't know what his time is and, and uh, praise Jesus for that. It's, it's all good. So anyway, this is uh, a uh, report coming in from Australia. Listen to this. Let's bring this up live. It's very short. 53 seconds. Currently serving soldiers who are reaching out to us who are saying, the generals in Australia, our leadership, are forcing us. They're training us to go house to house on our training on our training grounds in urban warfare, and we're practicing pulling people out of their houses with medical staff, force injecting them, and then we're practicing running into the bush and catching those people who are running away. What the fuck is that about? Oh, sorry about that. What is that? No, no, no. Uh-huh. All right, so I apologize about that. Sometimes I don't get a chance to screen all of these things, and I didn't get to get the kids out of the room. Right, kids? All right. Put that. What the man really meant to say was what the fudge is happening. So anyway, according to him, he's got military sources in Australia, okay, that are communicating with him directly about what they are doing. And they are currently running what's called urban warfare drills with the military where they're going house to house, house to house, house to house to capture people who have refused to take the vaccine. And then they're practicing chasing them out into the woods so that they can hold them down. Uh, as we know that, that, that there were parts of Australia during the last exercise uh, of the bioweapon attack against mankind um, that um, they were 
capturing Australians. They were putting inside of essentially FEMA camps. These were the tiny little one-bedroom apartments that were prisons. They were little prisons. Um, and, uh, and they've done it already. And now this particular gentleman is very troubled because he has friends in the military. He has contacts. And they're all currently, right now, they're practicing urban warfare, house-to-house, search and seizure, and practicing chasing people down into the woods so that they can grab them, take them away, put them wherever it is they're going to put them, and ultimately with the goal of forced vaccination. Okay? I'm just letting you know, okay? So remember, pray always to be counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before Jesus at the wedding supper. Because that's what it's talking about, I assure you. Okay? Stand before the Son of Man. All right? Praise God. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Brother Mark Nelson. Praise Jesus. And let me see if he's in the call, Doc. Hallelujah. All right. And I'm looking, looking, looking. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Hold on. Hang in there for me. Got to make some adjustments here. Oh, there it is. Okay, so I opened up a couple of things in the wrong order. And there he is, Brother Mark. All right. Hallelujah. Let's bring him on now. Praise God. Brother Mark, are you there? Yeah, yeah, Brother John, I'm here. Hey, praise God. Um, Yes, uh, I don't know if uh, Sister Nancy got an opportunity to, like I was uh, trying to explain to folks, (laughs) we all work full-time jobs. We all, you know, I I won't get into all the details of what everybody does, but this is not a, you know, like like any kind of a church at all. We don't do a dedicated ministry. We're not retired. We're, you know, we're exceedingly, you know, this is absolutely crazy. (laughs) Okay. Praise God. And so, uh, (laughs) yeah, so it it makes it quite challenging sometimes, you know, when we're, uh, you know, juggling 50,000, you know, it's, it's like even my boss, you know, he's like, hey, I'm going to give you another job. I'm going to give you another consulting job. And then he sends me a little picture of a bear laying on his back, juggling things on it like, as if it's going to make oh, me wow. feel better. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. that's not me. I don't have that kind of energy. But anyway, in all fairness, I wanted to explain what Nancy might not have, which is fine. You know, um, and I do this with all the guests, especially, you know, if they're a repeat guest, they already know. But here's what we do. This is like we like to treat it as an electronic ecclesia, a worldwide gathering. We are simulcasting live right now while it's being recorded into a podcast. The podcast will stay up for people to on on, it'll stay up forever. Well, you know, until we leave and, you know, whatever. But the point is, think of it like you're walking into a church. The pastor's introduced you. You know, not to say that I'm the pastor. I'm just saying I'm I'm Monty Hall. Let's call him I'm Monty. I'm the Monty Hall of this show. Uh, door number one, door number two, door number three. We're market. But anyway, um, and then I'll take my little virtual folding chair, which I'm doing right now. I'm walking to the back of the stage, and I'm, you know, and now the microphone is yours, and you can feel led, however you feel led, the Holy Spirit or whatever, to share with the listeners. Your whole testimony, part of your test, whatever you feel led to share, the mic is yours. God bless you, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah, thank you, uh, brother John. Um, yeah, like uh, like you said, uh, uh, my name is Mark Nelson. I serve in ministry right now 
um, to those in this world that are struggling sexually and uh, based on uh, what it is in what God's word says that uh, any sexual relationship outside of the one man one woman marriage is considered sin and unacceptable and uh, separates people from God so I currently serve in a ministry here in Florida where we reach those people who are uh, sexually broken and uh, living in homosexuality or living in transgenderism or any kind of relationship outside of the God-designed uh, relationship, which is which is traditional marriage, heterosexual marriage. So, yeah, but it all is based on my uh, testimony of um, some 30 years ago um, at the age of 13, I... Um, became gender confused and uh, eventually same-sex attracted and uh, walked right into homosexuality and and living in um, homosexual relationships and uh, spent a good part of uh, nearly 20 years inside relationships uh, that were not pleasing to God. Uh, but I was doing it my own way. Uh, you see that today in the world uh, we, where you see these pride events and, and other things going on. Uh, people live their lives the way they want to live it and don't they don't worry about what, what is pleasing to God. And so I lived life for 20 years uh, that was not pleasing to God and separated me from him. And, um, yeah, so uh, after uh, nearly 20 years uh, living in homosexual relationships, I um, – Became very sick in 2008, and um, was um, found myself in in a hospital uh, here in Florida, and uh, and dying uh, of AIDS. And um, I uh, went into this hospital, and the doctors admitted me into a regular room. And for two weeks, uh, John, I fought a real enemy. Um, there is a real enemy in this world. His name is Satan. And uh, there's a spiritual war going on, and uh, we're fighting it every day. Uh, people who are not aligned uh, with what God says, uh, they're fighting a spiritual war. So I fought a spiritual war in this hospital for two weeks uh, where the enemy was, was going to kill me. Uh, he spoke to me every day saying that he was going to kill me, that I was going to die, uh, that I was his, and that I would live live for him, live with him forever in hell. And... Um, and so after the two weeks of living in this uh, torment, um, the doctors came in and, and told me that uh, there was nothing more that they could do, uh, that, that I needed to call my, my parents because they needed someone there to make life and death decisions. And um, uh, I called my parents. Uh, couldn't even breathe when I called my parents. I was on, I was on complete oxygen. So all I could say was one word, uh, and I'd have to have more oxygen. So when I, when I called him, I just said, Mom. My mom answered the phone, and I said, Mom. And uh, she said that we already know where you're at. Uh, she said the Holy Spirit has told us you're in a bad place and that we've been praying for you for two weeks. Um, so they had already realized what kind of war this was going to be. They were already engaging with the enemy themselves. And, and fighting a real enemy uh, through the uh, Ephesians 6 armor of God that we're all given. And um, by the time they got to where I was at in the hospital, which is uh, they were in central Florida. I'm in north Florida in Tallahassee. By the time they got to Tallahassee, Florida, I was already in a coma um, and, and intubated 
And uh, when they walked into the room, uh, my parents uh, felt the presence of Satan so strong, and they heard Satan tell them, Satan told them directly, get away from him, he's mine, um, and really pushed them physically away from my bed, Satan did. And at that moment, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to them saying that they were entering a war zone. This was going to be a battle between life and death, heaven and hell. And at that moment, they knew they were in a, a, a spiritual war. You know, in Ephesians 6, it says our, our battle is not here on earth, but it's, it's, it's a spiritual war. So uh, always ready to fight in that spiritual war. So they, they started fighting the enemy with the word of God. They started speaking uh, life over my body. They were speaking scripture over my body. Uh, they were speaking loudly um, this scripture. Uh, they were inserting my name and, and just saying, Mark will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Uh, greater is he that is in Mark than he that is in the world. And Mark is more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens him. But all while they were doing this, John, I was in a physical war myself while I was in this coma. I was fighting Satan. I was fighting Satan back and forth. And and in this fight, I was, I was feeling this movement between uh, earth and hell. Um, I was in a, in a place where I was normalized, and then I was moving into a very dark place. So I knew that Satan was winning this war, and he was pulling me deeper and deeper into darkness. And um, But I could also feel the presence of the Lord because my parents were there speaking. They were speaking life. They were speaking scripture over me. So um, it was a constant push and pull between life and death, heaven and hell. And... Um, it uh, was March 22nd, 2008. You know, I, I went in the hospital February 28th of 2008. So March 22nd, 2008 just happened to be the night, the Saturday night before Easter Sunday of that year. And on that night, the enemy had such a hold on me uh, that I was, in, I was, my body was in complete trauma. I was convulsing. Uh, I, was, I was completely being attacked by Satan himself. And uh, the doctors realized this and came in and, and made sure my hands and my legs were tied to the bed at all times because as I was flailing my arms and legs, I was able to pull the, the, uh, the life support out of my throat. You know, I was on life support. So they were really worried about that because they, they told my parents that if I ever pulled the life support out, that I would surely die. It would be over with. And at that moment when the doctor told my parents that uh, – the Holy Spirit told them immediately that that's the way Satan would take me. Um, that's the way Satan would take me. And it was at uh, 1022 that night um, that this nurse comes in and she unties my hands. Uh, my dad had never seen her before and he never saw her again after she left. And she untied my hands and I flailed my arms. And I, I pulled the tubes out of my throat. And for 22 minutes, I flatlined. Um, and what the, uh, the doctors would call a clinical death. And um, during this 22 minutes, I, I had this experience where I went into an area of darkness uh, where it was the darkest place that I'd ever been. And I started seeing all of the stuff that I had done in my past that would separate me from, from God forever. And it was all homosexual in nature. It was all sexual sin. Um, everything that I had saw visually, 
in those moments, and I was moved into a very, very dark place where I started hearing screams and cries for help. I was hearing people, millions and millions of different voices, crying out, screaming, help me, help me, help me. And uh, I knew uh, where I was at because I could, I could, I could sense the, the presence of Satan so real that um, it was pulling me closer and closer uh, to, to him. And I started physically feeling torment to my body. Um, the demonic was so strong that I could feel the, the, the kicks and the punches and, and the, the pulls to my body. They were just tearing me apart. And I knew at that point this was this was my eternity. This was what where I was going to be. I I I, I just it, I just couldn't think of what to do other than to cry out to Jesus. And and at that moment, all I said was His name. I I just said Jesus, in, in sort of a position of of repentance. And I heard Him say, "I'm here." And uh, at that moment, I saw with my own eyes the wind of the Holy Spirit. I'd never seen the wind of the Holy Spirit before, but on that day I saw the wind come in my ICU, and it shook the room so so powerfully, and it picked up Satan and all of his demons, and it blew them out of the room. And on that day, which happened to be Easter Sunday 2008, my life changed. It was a complete 180, uh, but I completely knew the direction of those that are currently living in a gay, lesbian, transgender life because their direction, where they are going, if they are unrepentant, is they're going to end up separated from God forever in hell. So it has been my mission now to reach those that are living in homosexuality, transgenderism, anything that is outside of God's will for their life and reach them in time so they, they do not experience an eternity in hell. Because if, if, their, if their sin is left unrepentant, that's where they're headed. So uh, currently I speak all over the country. I speak before school boards. I speak before county councils, state legislatures, um, and I, I get to them because there's all this stuff happening that the LGBT agenda is pushing on our children right now. Um, and it is all part of their agenda. It's been part of their agenda for 20 years uh, or even longer. I know when I was in it in 2003, uh, there was a big infusion of funding from a, from a key donor to the LGBT effort, and it really put gasoline on their, their effort to really promote and take over uh, and, and really conquer all areas of culture. And we're seeing it now 20 years later that it's all being played out right before our eyes. And in 2003, it, it really was uh, dividing the church. That was their goal. They told us in 2003 the only thing stopping us from full domination of all areas of our, our culture is the church. So in 2003, they sent all of us that were in the LGBT movement into mainline churches to divide them. And today we're seeing this division in those churches. I mean, we're seeing Episcopal churches. We're seeing Presbyterian churches. We're seeing Methodist churches. We're seeing now Baptist churches. All these mainline denominations are dividing over this issue. 
And when, when we know who is the uh, chief divider, and that is Satan, and so once he divided the church, it really gave way for a tidal wave for the LGBT agenda and their movement to really go and push onto our children. And we see this through uh, media, through uh, marketing, through television, through radio, through uh, film, uh, through video games. Uh, the LGBT movement is, is after our children, and we're seeing it uh, through uh, these drag queen, drag queen story hours. We're th- seeing it through the trans movement of, of uh, wanting to change body uh, – disfiguring of body uh, – parts we, we are seeing a full movement now of, of complete domination of our culture and so it's my mission um to try very hard uh to go into these very difficult places and really speak truth to uh what satan has caused as a division and a, a, a movement to pull everyone into hell so uh that is it brother john uh, i uh I'm, uh, I continue to do this work, and we're seeing great things. That, you know, there's four or five areas that we're focused on right now, and, and one of them is uh, this is being pushed in, in uh, both state and federal government here in the states, and that is this conversion therapy ban. And, and really what that is is the LGBT movement's uh, plan to, to uh, stop anybody and anything from helping those that want out of LGBT any stopping anybody that uh, from counseling or any area. So a, a pastor, if a pastor of a church and a, a someone comes to a pastor and says, I, I really want help with this, that pastor would be put in jail uh, if he did, provided any counsel to someone that wanted out from one of these lives, these lifestyles. So, um, and also there's this thing uh, that we are working on right now where you, uh, here in Florida, it's a, uh, uh, something uh, that uh, it says don't say gay um, that uh, that DeSantis our governor is really supported which we've been very happy about but uh, in our school systems we have teachers that are, are pushing this agenda on our children without telling the parents or uh, letting the parents be involved in what's going on so it really is a full on uh, a full court press right now on uh, really what we as a church with you know principles and morals um, that we need to stand up against, and so uh, really is my mission right now to be focused on that, and uh, really uh, visiting it on um, you know government leaders, uh, visiting on the church. We failed as a church. Uh, the church could be doing much more than what it is um, because uh, if the church was alive and well today, uh, the true church of, of Christ was alive and well today, we wouldn't have uh, these issues we're seeing. But I appreciate your time tonight, and, and let me share my story. I, I had a request. I had a request, and that was, uh, would you be willing to share um, uh, how you were healed and came out of your coma? Yeah, yeah. So um, so on that, uh, that night before, uh, you know, March 22nd, 2008, when I called on the name of Jesus, you know, it says in the, in the word of God that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So when I just spoke his name that night, I, uh, that wind of the Holy Spirit came in my ICU. And at, at that very moment when Satan and the demons were removed from that room, it physically removed every kind of ailment to my body. 
at that point when I was in the coma, I was on dialysis, so my kidneys were failing. I had a failing liver. My heart was failing. My brain was under a lot of duress because of lack of oxygen. So my lungs were all, both collapsed. I was on chest tubes. So every area of my body physically had failed, but on that day, everything was restored. And so when I went out of that situation on March 23rd, 2008, I, I walked into a new area of my life where it was a quick recovery uh, in rehab, and um, I was uh, uh, unable to speak. I was unable to talk. I was unable to walk. I was unable to eat. Uh, but I very quickly had all of my functions restored to me. And uh, on that day also, because when I went in the hospital, uh, my viral load was in the millions and millions and millions of copies, and my CD4 count was four. So uh, that's how they determined that I had full-blown AIDS. Um, when I, the day after March 23rd, 2008, they did another blood work of my blood, and they determined that I was undetectable at that point. So uh, ever since 2008, March 2023rd, I have been considered HIV undetectable, uh, which uh, means that I now can have regular sexual relationships with my wife uh, because uh, in 2008 when I was released from the hospital, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said I would marry this woman, Beth, uh, that I was uh, just friends with uh, during my time in homosexuality. And so Beth and I were married in 2008. And so uh, I have, I have given a, been given a clean bill of health. Um, uh, so I was physically restored. I was spiritually restored. Uh, and I, was, uh, I walked into um, this new life with a directive of, of serving Jesus and no one else, and giving my life completely to him. You know, it's, it's really about surrender. And so when we look at people who are, are in the LGBT uh, life right now and identify as an LGBT, uh, you, you, they, they're not surrendered. Uh, they are living, you know, even, even their sort of their mission is, is, is pride. So they are not surrendered. So you really need to be surrendered. Uh, you need to be. Uh, you need to give your life completely over to the Lord Jesus, and when you do that, you're given new life, a new restored life where you can walk walk in and through Him, and uh, and you're revealed. You, you reveal Him to others, and so uh, that's all we want to do now. That's all we want to do is is reveal Him to others, um, because once He's revealed to them, they can their life will be complete completely changed. So, so uh, we, we, we find this as a mission, John. We, we find this as a complete mission uh, to reach this LGBT uh, movement because we know it's a movement. We know it's out for our children. And once they have our children, they can have complete domination. Did you see Jesus in heaven at any point? I did not. I, I, I experienced his presence, um, but at a distance. So I never, okay. I never experienced, I never experienced heaven. So when I was in my coma, I was being pulled between life and death, heaven and hell. So at times I experienced the presence of the Lord Jesus, but he was always at a distance. He was always waiting for me to call on his name. And the moment I called on his name on that March 22nd night, 2008, the moment I just said his name, he, he came into action. He, he totally uh, just came in full force. 
and took over. So he's, he's waiting for us to call on his name for him to come in and do full transformation. Now, when I was when I had flatlined for 22 minutes and was considered clinically dead, I never experienced anything about heaven. I only experienced hell and uh, never had any glimpse of heaven. So I, I went into a dark place, which I, I know was uh, really, I, I, at that point I considered a, a place of judgment because the Bible says we'll all be judged. So when I went into this initial place, I began to experience judgment of all that I had done in my past. So all of it in, that I experienced was all sexual in nature because I, I was a, a sexual deviant, and uh, I was involved with all kinds of immorality. So that was, that was sort of like the, the overwhelming uh, judgment that I received. And then I moved into even an even darker place, and I knew that that's where I was moving into hell because I started hearing so many screams. I, I was hearing so many screams and so many different voices of these screams that, you know, the Bible says that there will be many, many, many. The, the road is wide that leads to hell. The road is narrow that leads to heaven. So there were millions of it – it, the voices were so uh, vast. Um, that I was I was hearing all different voices and they were all screaming uh, for help. They were they were and they were screaming for help and so I knew I was getting because they were getting louder and louder and louder. So I started hearing them louder and louder and louder. So I knew I was getting closer and closer to an eternity forever in hell. I, I knew where I was at. I knew where I was going. I knew I deserved it. Um, and so uh, and then I started feeling torn myself. So I never experienced heaven at all. It was, it was all, but when I called on the name of Jesus and he came in through the wind of the Holy Spirit, the wind came in, that is when I, I experienced complete peace. So that was probably the, most, the, most, the, 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 the closest presence I had to the Lord Jesus because when the Holy Spirit came in and removed Satan and the demons, uh, the whole room became peace where I was at. And, and this was even documented in the medical reports because um, I have reports that say on the Friday before that weekend that my body was being tormented because I was convulsing. I was, I was unable – they were unable to control me. So they were documenting in those medical reports that I was being tormented, but in, real, in reality, I was being tormented by the demonic – and then in the reports, it says when, they, when I returned, this nurse says when I returned to you on Monday after Easter Sunday, you had the biggest smile on your face. So I had – over that weekend, I had been to hell, but then I had been into the presence of the Lord, and so I had this – I had the, the peace that passes all understanding all over me, and the medical staff noted it by saying that I had the biggest smile on my face. So I, I had wow. in, in that one weekend had transitioned uh, from a place of hell to a place of peace, and the, a peace only comes through the Lord Jesus. Oh yeah, no, Amen. And uh, I, I, I admire you with all of my heart because, um, and I know that you know this. I know that you know this. If anybody knows it, you know it. Um, your your calling is during arguably the darkest time that the world has ever seen in regard to this particular subject 
right now. I mean, don't even get me going on what's going on with the laws out in California. They'd throw you in jail. You'd be you would be a felon. You would not get out of jail if you if you were doing your ministry work in California. It might as well say, see you later, alligator. You're, you're going to jail. So um, praise God um, that you're, you know, where you are and you're able to touch people's lives and make a change. In again, again, I would argue the very darkest times that the earth has ever seen in particular. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that you probably already know this, but there are African presidents in various countries in Africa. And also we have uh, recordings of the president. Uh, uh, president of, I believe it's Hungary, and they have come out mm-hmm. forward in public, under record, they have stated that the United States, the Democratic Party is trying to push homosexuality on them, and they, and they say publicly, get out, get out of here, we don't want anything to do with you. And so there are these countries that are literally telling Biden and, and the entities of darkness that are you know, pushing this country fervently and 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 it's worse than that because what we're dealing with is this concept of uh uh, uh transgenderism whereby a a uh, man can pretend like he's a woman or whatever and do that whole thing and and then the drag queens don't even get me going on that because they're inviting mm-hmm. the drag queens in Large, large groups, sometimes as many as 50 or 60 of them, and then there are churches that are singing songs to them and revering them, okay? And and the situation is absolutely the pit. It is the abomination. Well, really, what we're seeing is the abomination of desolation. It just hasn't been revealed, but we're in the period of sorrows right now, I believe, with all of my heart. And you're right in the thick of it, brother. So I just want to praise God for your work. And let me pray for, Let me pray over your ministry. Father, in the mighty name uh, of Jesus you, Christ, Lord. I feel led, Father. Father, touch this man, touch his ministry, allow him to touch other people's lives, bring them to him in the name of Jesus. Let his, his the, the works that he speaks, let that the ministry that work that he does, every time that any type of a, uh, uh, a, a presence, whether it be a communication, whether it be any kind of a marketing email, uh, speaking in front of a group, wherever it is that this, this ministry touches, Father, I pray that it will just have a butterfly effect with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that will ripple across all of the people and that the word will spread so more and more and more people can be awakened to the danger that they're in as the lies of the devil are growing ever darker across this country and other countries as well. Father, we praise you for this revelation and we thank you for this opportunity. We praise you for this work and we pray that your angels, your holy fire will surround them in the name of Jesus and people will be brought to the knowledge of the truth that they should not be punished eternally. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Brother, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Brother John, thank you so much. Oh, no. You you cannot have heartfelt, Brother. You are really in the thick of it. God bless you. All right. Well, thank you, Brother. God bless you in your ministry. Thank you so much. Hang in there and keep on going because you're you're going to touch a lot of people's lives in these days. Thank you so much, Brother Mark. This is Brother Mark Nelson. And um, oh, wait, 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 wait. Tell people where they can go to get in touch with you. Yes, yes. So we have a ministry called uh, Cross and Wind Ministries. Uh, you can reach me at crossandwindministries at gmail.com. Um, I'm going to be setting up a, a website uh, soon. Uh, but I'm also uh, the board 
president of a ministry called Transformation Ministries Alliance. And you can find me there at www.tmacorp.org. So T-M-A-C-O-R-P.org. And you're currently setting the website up so they can't go to the website, but they can contact you via that email, right? Would you correct, say it one more correct. time, please? Would yeah. you say I, I apologize, but yes, we can build. Okay, go ahead. Yes, uh, my email address is cross and wind ministries at gmail.com. Uh, that's my email address. I'm currently writing a book that's going to be called The Cross and the Wind because that is what I experienced on that Easter weekend was the cross of Christ and the wind of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, but definitely can, you can reach me at my email address. That's crossandwindministries at gmail.com. And we also have a ministry that's called Transformation Ministries Alliance. And you can find me at that website at www.tmacorp.org. T-M-A-C-O-R-P.org, right? Correct. Cross and wind ministries at gmail.com. Brother Mark, thank you so much for sharing this powerful testimony. This is a calling that is desperately needed nowadays. We all are painfully and agonizingly aware of it. And you're, boy, talk about being tossed right into the front line of a war. God bless you, brother. I pray the power of the angels and the holy fire of God around every little bit of work that you do, because people are need to hear this more than ever before. So thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you, brother. Yeah, thank you, brother. You have a good night. Bye-bye. All right, take care. You too as well. All right, praise Jesus. Thank you so much for um, uh, sticking with us as uh, Brother Mark shared that with you. And we're going to go ahead now, given the time that we have left, and hit some of these other um, uh, headlines and also testimonies uh, regarding the news and stuff, which I have compiled and ready to go. Let's go ahead and move into that. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, this is um, uh, Kennedy uh, making a commentary um, on many, many. He's he's like moving around the world. He's very concerned. This is the word that I've gotten. Now, there may be a margin of error of noteworthy numbers, uh, but um, the word is that he has been attacked, uh, that it's a lot worse than a lot of us realize, and uh, he's getting evidently getting wind that the Democratic Party will have nothing to do with him. What that means is that he's talking about going independent. Uh, we'll see where that ends up. But anyway, listen to him comment on what happened with the, uh, you know, the pandemic uh, simulation, the tabletop exercise prior 
to the release of the bioweapon attack, which ultimately came from the United States Pentagon, probably put together in the Ukraine labs, and then ultimately meant, uh, sent over by Fauci, Gates, uh, Melinda, Melinda Gates was there. I have photographs of all of this. Of course, all of the fact checkers, which are liars from the bowels of Sheol, uh, are out there saying it's not Wuhan, but it is Wuhan. We know that. We're not dumb anymore. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, let's listen to this little commentary because it's very noteworthy. Here we go. Hold on a second. Here it comes. Man called Event 201, a pandemic simulation that took place in October 2019 in New York. What is the CIA doing in a pandemic simulation? They're not a public health agency. What they're talking about is using this pandemic as a pretext for clamping down totalitarian control. And the first thing they said is, we got limit free speech. We can't allow people to criticize government policies. We cannot allow people to talk about a lab leak. They're doing this in October of 2019 before anybody of us have ever heard of Wuhan. I believe in the idea that we we shouldn't be trying to control communication, but rather flood the zone in a sense with a trusted source. The things we want to do is work with telecommunication companies to actually ensure that everybody has access to the kind of communications that we're interested in providing. The CIA has been conducting these simulations since 2001. They're practicing how do we use the next pandemic to execute a coup d'etat against American democracy and against the Bill of Rights. And that is very, very worrying. Everything that they bottled, they did. All right. Now, I, th- I don't think there's any listener of this program that has any doubt in their mind that this is a reality. And that woman, see, here's the thing. You may know this already. And so if you do, hang in there for me, please, in Jesus' name, I pray. And then, um, but if you don't know this, it's important that you do. Once you're in the CIA, you never really get out of it. Okay, you there's, you know, but anyway, the bottom line is this woman who, you know, so, you know, for example, uh, Anderson Cooper, 360, he's been CIA for his whole life. He's CIA when he's talking on Anderson Cooper 360. I'm not even going to get into all that, but I'm just letting you know that's how it works. They take on other jobs. They remain part of the CIA, and that's what he was trying to get across. What was this woman who's part of the CIA? Now, of course, she's got another title. She's you know, supposedly this, that, and the other thing. But at the end of the day, CIA is CIA until they die. It's pretty much how it works. All right, and um, yeah, I'm sure that there are maybe some exceptions to that rule, but as a general rule, I think his point is very, very well taken. And now, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but we are uh, in late t- uh, 2022. Okay, so just a, not too many months ago, they had a, another tabletop. They, John Topkins University, the CIA, Bill Gates, who's a mass murderer, you know, Nuremberg II candidate, all that kind of stuff. They are doing it again. They, they, it's called uh, catastro- – the title of the tabletop exercise was entitled Catastrophic Contagion. And the scenario was that there was going – there is going to be a new – virus or a new release of another pandemic uh, bioweapon attack, but that's not what they called it, of course, but we know it is. And it's going to be called SEERS, capital S, capital E, capital E, capital R, capital S. I don't remember what it stands for, and I don't care. What I can tell you is in the scenario, it attacks children, and it has a, I believe, 40 to 75% mortality rate. So at the same dynamics occur that happen with the tabletop exercise that Kennedy was talking about. If it happens again with catastrophic contagion, 
a lot of children are going to die, folks. And let me tell you something. When people's children are dying, do you think that anybody's going to say a word about them breaking into our house, dragging us out, kicking and screaming and sticking a, a, you know, a needle in us and then throwing us in a FEMA camp? No. We're dealing what the problem is that once you awaken with a thousand milligram red pill, once you awaken with a thousand milligram red pill, there's people that have 25 milligram red pills. There's people that have 500 milligram red pills. But when you're on the thousand milligram red pills with the biggest one you can get, like we are, folks, it's just, it's kind of a, it's, it's problematic in the sense that we are a teeny, weeny, 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 teeny, weeny, weeny, an infinitesimally small percentage of the global population. And you may say, well, it's all around. It's all around. The problem, here's the problem. It's a psychological challenge for humans. Let me explain. I'll use an analogy. Remember how cars are. Now, we got, maybe you've got to go back a few years, but I know that I know that at some point in your life, you heard, now you didn't know at first, but then you hear through the grapevine, to a friend, whatever the case is, you hear that there's a new Camaro out. And people will say things like, have you seen the new Camaro? It is amazing. Well, now your heart is open. Now your mind is open. You have been tweaked. And you're curious about this new Camaro that everybody's talking about because it's just that fantastic. And then you're sitting at the red light, and you look across, and you're like, hey, that's the new Camaro. From that point forward, you will see that same Camaro, maybe different colors, all over the place. Because once you awaken to that new Camaro, that's when you start to see it everywhere. You might not have even noticed it before. You had no idea there was a new Camaro out. But once your eyes lock on it, you start to see them everywhere. That dynamic, that human nature dynamic is what happens to you when you take the 1,000 milligram red pill. When you wake up to the reptilians, when you wake up to the Dracos, when you wake up to all the creepy weirdness, when you know that the, the movie in the 1980s called They Live is prophetic, when you know that 9-11 is an inside job, when you know that the stuff that happened in you know, J6 is, was a lie and a total false flag, when you understand all of those things, you're... Your, your eyes are open. Now you see, you see it everywhere. And then you become befuddled. You're dismayed. Because everywhere you look, you see the devil. You see the conspiracy. You see the LGBT element of P. You see them changing genders of children. You see them drinking adrenal chrome. You see the reports everywhere that you look. It's just absolutely out of control. And, and, and you look to the left, and there it is. You look to the right, and there it is. You look up left. You know, if you go on to social media, it's, 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 you're getting bombarded with it everywhere you look. And then you're thinking to yourself, how can people not know this is happening? The problem is, Nobody told them about the new Camaro. And if somebody did, and they said, eh, there's no new Camaro. There's an auto workers strike right now. There is no new Camaro. Or if they're just in a natural state, if they're in fear, fleshy fear, 
which a lot of people are. I have members of my family that are like that. They will go into denial immediately. When I discovered through Richard Gage, Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, when I saw his two-hour presentation in a, when he first came out about the controlled demolition of the World Trade Center buildings, and he showed the squibs. He says, I'm an engineer. This is what I do. I understand controlled demolition. I am going to show you in slow motion how this building is being brought down in controlled demolition. And he would frame by frame by frame, and he'd say, look at the squib. A squib is when the little puff of smoke comes out about Four, you know, a handful of stories beneath where the building is uh, collapsing. Puff, poof, 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 squibs. Those are squibs. Because they, what they do is they time them. These are all timed, and the squibs are blowing up, and uh, they're taking out the girders, the 18-inch steel girders, and that's in combination with the uh, super nanothermite. Super nanothermite was only available through the United States Department of Defense. So the only way that they could have gotten super nanothermite into the buildings in the first place was they had to have been brought in from the Department of Defense. But it turns out that it wasn't that. It was. It was. It was massive conspiracy. Massive, massive conspiracy. Don't even get me going on Building 7. Like Tucker Carlson said, if you even so much as mention Building 7, you're fired. Can't even talk about it. I have all the audio tapes. I bought all the DVDs. I've got a stack of DVDs I haven't even had time to look at yet. And I don't, I'll never have time. And I don't want to see them when I go to heaven. <laughs> okay? So I'm not queuing them up. But I got, I, I, you know, anyway, at the end of the day, this is how it works. And if they decide, if these people cannot handle it, if they're in fear. I mean, I can tell you that I have sat with my members of my family years ago and having breakfast, okay, and uh, a conversation came up. And I, you know, of course, like any one of us, we, would, we don't want to we, – we're hungry for fellowship. We're hungry to share what we know. We desire it with all of our heart. We, we need that fellowship. It's desperate need. You know, people will say, well, you're never alone when you have Jesus. But let me tell you something. That's true, technically, yes. But the Scripture tells us to seek fellowship, to seek to, to be able to share so that we'll be able to heal James 5.16a. Get it? Well, when you don't have anybody to share with, what happens? You're pent up. And it becomes explosive. And you're desperate to be able to talk to people about it. And then you become a danger to yourself. You don't mean to be, but you kind of do. You kind of are because you, you're you so hungry to share it with somebody that will get it. All right. And that's where we are. We're in a place where we're in danger. I mean, technically speaking, we, we could be in danger. So we got to really, really, really be careful, you know, who we talk to, what we share with, because we're in the times right now. We're in the times right now. Where if we cast our pearls before, as Jesus said, before swine, even though that we think that they're not swine, it could result in our imprisonment. It can result in us being before a federal judge. It could result in us. It, very bad things could happen. Very bad. I'm not trying to get you to cower. I'm not trying to make you feel unsafe. God is in control. And if you are seeking him in the secret place of the Most High, you do have the divine protection of Psalm 91. So if you are getting up, you are spending time on your knees, you are seeking the Lord, you are taking communion, and you are praying like I try desperately to help people to understand that you can, you are afforded 
supernatural and divine protection from God's angels, the holy fire, the whole thing. Okay? Like I've told you many times in my testimony, do you know who I am? That's what what the Lord said to me. Bawling and crying because I'm sure I'm going to lose my job. It's all over for me. And when I walked out of my room, I could hear the Lord's voice as clear as a bell. Do you know who I am? And he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. And I'll never forget it. It made me feel crummy. Gave me courage. A lot of courage. Don't think for a second that I don't get unnerved sometimes. I do. Because I'm just like you. I'm no different. No different. We're all in this together. No different. The only thing that might be a little bit different between us is the number of years that I've been doing this. When you, But anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. Okay, this is an archbishop warning. Uh, his name is Vigano, okay, and he's warning everybody about what's happening in the world right now, all right? So let's go ahead and listen to his warning because it is so, if you will, apropos or appropriate. Praise God. Let's go ahead and bring this live. Here we go. Those who do not adapt to this fourth industrial revolution will find themselves ousted and will lose. They will lose everything, including their freedom. In short, Klaus Schwab is threatening the head of government of the 20 most industrialized nations in the world to carry out the programmatic points of the Great Reset in their nation. This goes far beyond the pandemic. It is a global coup d'etat against which it is essential that people rise up and that the still healthy organ of state start an international juridical process. The threat is imminent and serious. Since the World Economic Forum is capable of carrying out its subversive project, and those who govern nations all become either enslaved or blackmailed by this international mafia. In the light of these statements, and those are fathers no less delusional than Yuval Noah Harari, Shrab's advisor. We understand how the pandemic passed served as a trial balloon for imposing controls, coercive measures, curtailing individual freedoms, and increasing unemployment and poverty. The new step will, will have to be carried out by means of economic and energy, energy crises, which are instrumental to the establishment of a synarchic government in the hands of the global elite. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And by the way, if there's anybody out there that um, has ever written me an email, um, uh, you know, and said kind things to me um, or complimented me in any way, um, hold on a second. Okay, praise God. I got to, I got to, um, you know, if you've ever written me an email and, and thanked me or spoke, spoke kindly, to me, it's a blessing to me. I'm not Smith Wigglesworth. Okay, please know that. I was only using him as an example because he's a character. Smith Wigglesworth used to take babies and kick them into the audience. I joke you not. 
he had such faith, he would stand on the stage, and if the baby was sick, he would take the baby like a football, and he would, I don't know, kick it in the audience. And the audience would jump up and capture the baby in the air, and the baby would be healed. Okay? Smith Wigglesworth was a nutbag. He was a character. Okay? The only reason I use him as an example is to show you, just to demonstrate the, an extreme. Smith was the epitome of the extreme. Okay? I'm not like that. If anybody ever has ever sent me an email of kindness and say, thank you, you have helped me, God bless you, that kind of thing, believe you me, there is no possible way that pride would ever sneak into my heart. It is humanly and supernaturally and in, 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 by the angels of heaven, thank you, Jesus, it is not possible to say a word to me that would cause me to even have an inkling of pride. You can't do it. It is not possible. Okay? So please know that. It is, you know, for every any one of you who has ever been kind to me or said something nice or encouraged me or whatever or told me, hey, I've been listening to your program for a really long year and it has been a powerful, powerful blessing in my life. Thank you so much for what you do. Folks, you cannot make me prideful. It is not possible. I'm not Smith, Smith Wigglesworth, and I would never kick a baby into the air, okay? Um, Smith used to get picked on sometimes because he would, he would, you know, a woman or whatever would come up onto the stage, and she would be like, I have this uh, sickness in my stomach, and I can't get rid And he would take his fist and punch them in the stomach, and he would get in a lot of trouble for that. You know, it would, it would, the word would travel. And um, he and people would ask him, why did you punch that lady in his stomach? And he would say, I wasn't punching the lady. I was punching the devil. Okay. Smith Wigglesworth was a character. I, I, I don't even fit. I'm not even forget it. Okay. I, the Lord has put me through things in my walk. That I told one of my sisters, my sister Paula, some of the things that I was going through. And she was like speechless. I, I don't even want to get into it. It, you know, if I was to redo my testimony, testimony, I would need probably four hours and six hundred pages if I read it in a book. All that being said, this is not a boast. I don't have that in me. There is no boast. When I share something, it is just I'm just sharing data. It's information only. It troubles my heart deeply that I have to hedge my communication with a disclaimer all the time. Please don't take this as a boast. Please don't think this. Please don't think that. I got to do like, you know, 30 seconds of disclaimers before I say anything because people will think that, you know, I'm boasting or I'm prideful or whatever the case may be. No, it's not like that. I'm simply trying to exchange data. That's all. That's all it is. But thank you for anybody out there that has ever sent me an email. I, I have testimonies. There's a testimony link on tribulation-now.org that has probably 300, I don't know how many. Maybe it's only 200. Maybe it's only 150. I don't know. I've never counted them. But I used to take encouraging testimonies and put them up on the web. I used to think that it would matter and that I would go back and read them sometimes when I was depressed. But I never have. So I almost kind of think, 
hmm, why did I even bother doing it? I don't know. But I can say this. After all that I've been through, you couldn't squeeze. It's like my mom used to say, you can't squeeze blood from a beet. Okay, well, you can't squeeze pride out of this guy. I ain't got none. I never will have any. Okay, I am used to eating crow. I love crow, and I look forward to my next crow souffle, don't I, boys? That's right. I'm looking right at you. Okay. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So anyway, the next um, uh, the next little tidbit I want to play here is a man who is uh, come on, whatever it is, TikTok or whatever they do. Uh, the thing is, t- t- Twitter, for what it's worth, and they're trying to convert the name over to X. And pretty much I'm pretty sure they're going to get dumped the URL because uh, they're trying marketing wise to make it all XXXXX.com, X.com. You know, it's all about SpaceX. OK, so Elon Musk is trying to, you know, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I have no reason to think he is a good guy. He may be the Satan incarnate for all I care about. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm just communicating data, information. I don't feel I'm a citizen of heaven. I am truly a citizen of heaven. Now, if you rip my arm off, it's going to hurt because I'm stuck in this body like we all are. But we are beings of light. We are minor gods. We are incarnated into a human body. I had somebody ask me, well, what do you mean man body, men? Because it's a, it's, 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 a, it's a species of being. We're not octopus people. We're not Dogon fish creature things. Okay, we are in men and woman bodies. What is Neanderthal? Men and woman body. What is Cro-Magnon man? Men and woman body. Okay, we are in men, uh, the body of men. That's why the Bible refers to us as, and then you've got the concept of men, angels, or whatever. But it's not all about, it's not talking about the male gender. That is not what it's talking about. When the Bible refers, in, when it says in Psalm 82, ye shall die like men. Have I not said that, you know, have I not said that ye are gods and children of the Most High, but you shall die like men? Well, guess what? A minor god that has eternal life cannot die like a man or a woman. It is impossible unless God is levying a judgment, which is exactly what Psalms 82 is doing. God Stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges amongst the gods. It's a little G. Jesus said in John 10:34, "Have I not said that ye? Uh, have I not said in your law that ye are gods?" He was directly referring to Psalm 82. So when it says you will die like men, it's talking about a species, a men body. Okay, that's what it's talking about. Okay, you're not going to die in an Andromedan body. You're not going to die in an Arcturus body. The King James Version in the book of Job says, can you, can you loose the belt of Orion? Can you guide the sons of Arcturus? I don't even know what Arcturians look like. How could I? Okay, but anyway, hopefully you get what I'm trying to say. Praise God. So it's just it's only a reference to the species of being that we are. There are a lot of otherworldly beings. Maybe some of them are not part of the bad group. I don't know. Or the fallen angelic beings. I don't know. How do we know? It's not it's 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 so big. There's trillions of life forms. There are holy watchers 
Daniel said, I think it was 243 or something like that. He said, I saw a watcher, a holy one, in my vision. Everybody thinks that the term watcher means fallen already. No, it doesn't. It does not. There are holy watchers. Okay. So anyway, praise God. But people, it, it took me years. It took me so long to learn all these things. Oh, my gosh. And then it was testimonies of people that have come on the radio show that have had supernatural experiences. It's unbelievable. It is an aggregate sum total of learning over 12 years and 7,000 radio shows and an untold number of guests. Praise Jesus. Okay, so if you want to think I'm a raving lunatic, perfectly fine with me. You fit right in to the uh, loyal listeners. <laughs> All right, praise God. All right, now this man is uh, complaining on some sort of, I don't know where it is. I don't know what you, I don't know what it is. It could be anything. It could be Instagram, who knows. But I'm going to play what he is saying here. He's very concerned. All right, if he says a naughty word, please don't blame me. I sometimes start to listen to them and I say, ooh, this is good for the radio show. I got to share this with people. But then I don't finish it. So I don't know they're going to start dropping super bad words later. So moms and dads out there that have kids listening to the program, if you would, please be advised, this man may say some things that are, well, not the word fudge, if you know what I'm saying. All right, praise God. So let's go ahead and bring this audio bite live. Kids, if your parents tell you to leave the room, leave the room. Yeah, well. That's too bad. Get used to it. Hallelujah. All right, here we go. Let's bring this live. Okay, we'll try again. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Here it comes. Anybody live in New York City, and did you just have your house sprayed with pesticides? I was in my living room. My windows are open. These trucks come by. They're making these dystopian announcements. Run inside. Get inside. What the closures the pesticide, please. Go indoors immediately until the trucks have passed. The city is applying pesticide to reduce the threat of the West Nile virus. This is the creepiest Look at this. Alright, so you get the gist of it. I don't know how many watts those PA systems are on those trucks. They must be like 500 watts because I have a 100-watt PA system in my car, and it's not even one zillionth of that loudness. But anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. This is um, Russ, Russell Brand. I, look, I don't know anything about him. I don't really want to know anything about him. I know that he's very outspoken against all the weirdness that's going on in the world right now, and I also know that they're trying to de-platform him and get rid of him. Okay, so he is really angered. The Dracos and the reptilian beings, the they live creatures, also known as Archons. Anyway, um, this is a rant of his, and I'm going to go ahead and play this for you. It's only 37 seconds long, but evidently it really upset the entities of the darkness. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Bringing it live. Trying to anyway. Here we go. 
energy companies that profit when there's an energy crisis, military industrial complex that profits when it's a war, pharmaceutical companies that profit when there's a pandemic. You're creating the necessity for ongoing crisis. Yeah. If the elites in the society benefit from situations that are detrimental to everybody else, that's what reality is going to become. That's what exactly. reality has become. That's such an important point because that's almost undeniable. And, and, and to say that they wouldn't do that because they value human life and morals and ethics over profit, that's never been exhibited. That's not true. All right. So anyway, uh, for what it's worth, Russell Brand is now under extreme attack, and I would not be surprised if he gets disappeared. Although um, they've been having – the entities of darkness have been having a very difficult time getting him – I don't know. Get this. So the word that I got was that he went over to Rumble, which is where a lot of people go and hide when they're being attacked from every direction, and uh, supposedly um, major corporate contributors to the Rumble – organization have canceled rumble support so what is that gonna what's what's gonna happen with that i don't know i you know like i said i it's you know we're all just waiting for the barley harvest we're all waiting for the barley harvest we need to be praying for the lost we need to be praying for one another we need to act like the bride of jesus christ because that's who we aspire to be and we need we need to understand that we're not from here we're sojourners Sojourners, we're passing through. Pray always to be counted worthy. Always to be counted worthy. All right. Next one up, Sparking Ham. Ham cubes. They opened up a a plastic container. They went to the grocery store, bought ham cubes, cubes of ham. They opened it up. They put it on a plate. They put it in the microwave. And what do you know? They're sparking like they put a metal cup in the microwave. What does that mean? Hmm, I can tell you. Let's see what this, how this plays out. Okay, guys, listen up. This is going to be a serious video. As you can see, I have a normal paper plate. This is just some diced ham that you buy at the grocery store with an expiration date of February of this year. Every morning and the hubby and I tried to eat. The dogs always want some of our food, so we thought we would just warm them up some of this diced ham in the microwave. So, I'm just going to take this diced ham, bring it over here to the microwave, and I'm going to put it on for 30 seconds. Just that. But before I do that, so you can see, I'm going to dim the light. Okay, so we're going to come over here, 30 seconds, watch. The ham is sparking. What the hell, people? Why did that catch on fire? And I have 27 seconds left. That's only three seconds. If I would have left that, my microwave would have caught on fire. What is in this ham that is causing it to spark like that? It's called graphene oxide. It is a nanobot robotic particulate, and it is part of the downfall of mankind. It is the infrastructure for the mark of the beast. It is not the mark of the beast, but it is the infrastructure for the mark of the beast. And they're putting it in our food like crazy. 
All right. As a matter of fact, when I go back here, I want to kill this audio. Where's the little thing? Okay, I killed it. I'm going to play it with no audio. Let me see if I can... I want to see if I can see the brand of the ham. Hold on. Stop. Okay, the brand is Farmland. F-A-R-M-L-A-N-D. Farmland ham. Okay? All right. Just thought I would share that with you. Anyway, graphene oxide in our food, graphene oxide in our air, graphene oxide in our water supply. Pray always. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. The next one up is, listen to this. This is the filming of a very noteworthy, a very large group of people that have gathered together at Berlin to show their um, uh, unanimous proclamation of the fact that they are all dogs. Okay, They all identify as dogs, and they all have dog faces painted on their faces. 1,000 self-identified canines gathered together at Berlin. All right, let's go ahead and play this. This is how sick this world is, folks. Most people don't realize this. This is 1,000 milligram red pills. Do you hear them? One thousand people dressed as dogs, dog faces, identifying as dogs in Berlin, Germany, gathered together. You think I'm kidding? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. You're gonna, I can rest, rest assured. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. All right, this is Christine Anderson. She's a member of Parliament. I am uh, not able to tell you which parliament um, because I just don't know, but I am uh, going to play what she is telling the world right now publicly. So, uh, you know, let's just hope that, well, whatever. I'm not going to say anything. All right. Anyway, so let's go ahead and bring up what she has to say about what's going on in the world right now. Hold on. There we go. Just need to find a way to uh, wake the people up because the point is simply this. It, it comes down to a choice. It's either freedom, democracy, and the rule of law, or enslavement. There is no such thing in between. There is no such thing as a little freedom, a little democracy, a little rule of law, just as there is no such thing as a little enslavement. So that's, that's the choice. It comes down to it's either the globalitarian misanthropists or the people. Globalists is what it you're saying. It comes down to it's either us or them. All right. So um, what we're seeing is a rise uh, across the world of people that are awake and aware. And they know what's going on. Many of them are in the government. They haven't been paid off yet. Their children's lives have not been threatened. They have not been filmed on Epstein Island yet. And they are coming forward and speaking out against it all. Okay? The question is, how late are they? And is anybody going to do anything about it? We already pretty much know what the answer is. But here's the cool thing. Philippians 3.20. We, our citizenship is in heaven. 
We are light beings of love. We're leaving this place. Yes, at this moment in time, we are trapped in a man body or man or woman body. Even when Odin Hetrick, and if you haven't seen it on YouTube, Odin Hetrick Heaven, type it in, O-D-E-N-H-E-T-R-I-C-K, Heaven, into YouTube. Listen to the entire testimony. He was taken into the basement or one of the lower rooms of his city mansion, which is located in Mount Zion. You can read about it in Hebrews 12, verse 22. You have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels and just men made perfect. It is where the pearly gates surround. It is up on a mountain in heaven. Okay, most Christians will be brought into the suburbs, the suburbial area, which is where the, you know, Thomas Kincaid homes are located. Um, Some few through their rewards will receive a country mansion and a city mansion. Odin Hedrick got a city mansion and he went down to his basement or whatever room it was down below, wherever. And he, he, he describes it as absolutely gorgeous. But he walked in and he saw aliens. And he looked at them and he was freaking out. It was a man, it was a, I'm sorry, a male alien facing a female alien. And he goes, Spirit of God, I do not belong here. Uh, you know, I've got to get out of this place. And and the Spirit of God said to him, not until you learn your lesson. Why do you suppose Odin Hetrick need to learn the lesson about how to deal with otherworldly beings? Let me give you a hint. Ruling and reigning with Jesus is about the kingdom of God, which includes all the universes and trillions of civilizations throughout. That's what it's about. Alex Jones gets pulled over in a parking lot, and he says to himself, well, okay, it's not like this is anything new. So he breaks out his megaphone like... Let's listen to this. Praise Jesus. Here we go. Get ready to wear your mask again. Get ready to take the poison shots again. Because all we're here doing is covering this. You can't walk on the grass, but you can cross the border with kidnapped kids all day long. And the state police, because we're not illegal aliens, we're not child smugglers, are upset that we would protest... We love you. We love you. We are against open borders and COVID and lockdowns and tyranny. Get the push. They are now harassing and pulling us over. No. They bring us right across on our horse. Get ready to wear your mask again. Get ready to take the poison shots again. Because all we're here doing is covering this. All right, praise God. So anyway, he's under assault again, and they've got these something about Texas. They have to look like the, the police have to look like cowboys. So they wear cowboy hats. I remember the first time I drove into Texas, and I was like having I don't know some kind of a breakfast or whatever, and I'm like these two uh, I don't know some type of law enforcement people uh, in Texas came walking in, and I mean it was like you know. I mean, it was like it was like I had just gone. I was like, "What is that? Who are they?" 
Okay. Yeah, they take that old cowboy thing very seriously in Texas. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And then then here's an audio bite of some people. Evidently, they were in the back parking lot uh, after, if you will, so-called the entity that refers to itself as Biden had supposedly made some sort of a speech or something in the building. I don't know. I have no idea what the backdrop is on this. But they were standing outside of the building, and all of a sudden – a Biden lookalike comes walking out of the building and trying to walk really fast across the parking lot without being noticed. But people had their cameras out. Let's listen to this. Are you the body double? It's the body double. They're saying, where's the real Joe? And the body double guy turns around and puts his hands up in the air. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, talk about the cats out of the back. But again, folks, it's just like when I found out when I listened to Richard Gage, I discovered that 9-11 was an inside job. It was beyond any shadow of a doubt. I called up two of my best friends. One's guy, one, one of the guys was named Eric. The other guy was named Tony. Eric said, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Tony said, no way. Could never happen. I don't believe it. Went into instant denial. And that's how it works. All right. So um, this is Justin Trudeau of Canada. Uh, I don't even want to make a comment about this entity. Um, anyway, um, these are the people outside of the Royal York Hotel in downtown Toronto. He's coming out of the hotel. I don't know what he was doing there. I think he was meeting President Zelensky or whatever that entity is, a creature, Nazi, whatever. Uh, but anyway, um, listen to the people protesting Justin Trudeau. All right, here we go. Here we go. Hold on a second. Uh, it always takes about three cl- double clicks. There he is. hear things maybe you couldn't hear things i can tell you that what they were (laughs) if he didn't have an entourage of security that crowd would have ripped him to pieces (laughs) okay let's just leave it at that all right hallelujah thank you jesus next one up russia russia takes out a leopard tank that's a german-made tank um in, in in the battle zone in the ukraine and then they go to find out after they took it out The tank is disabled. They went to, as they do, because they're humane, they went to see if there were any survivors that they could help them. When they opened up the tank, there was only one survivor, and they discovered that everybody that was in the leopard tank were German military. German military. 
I hope I don't hear Scott Ritter making comments about, well, the Ukrainians this and the Ukrainians that. It's like I just want to fly over to his house and say, but he'd probably kill me. But anyway, um, because he's on guard, you know, he's on the uh, hit list for the Ukraine right now. But the point is, McGregor, Ritter, all these people that are experts on that stuff, they need to be telling people what we already know, and that is that these are not Ukrainians. These are mercenaries. These are live military from other countries that are going in and doing the attacking. It is not. Ukrainians. Period. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Poland halts. There, there may be some Ukrainians in, in the mix. You know, some of these people that they go and steal off the streets, you know, like three-year-olds and stuff like that, you know, or guys that are like 71 years old. They're having their 71st birthday, and then they, the commandos break down their house and drag them kicking and screaming and say, here, take a gun and go out and fight in the front lines. That's the kind of creepy weirdness. I see it all the time in the videos. I'm actually physically, I'm, an, I'm a witness to these things. I see it happening constantly when I'm doom scrolling for the radio show. Anyway, praise God. The next one up, praise Jesus. Poland halts weapons to the Ukraine amidst grain disputes. And they're still fighting over the grain. Uh, if It has been said multiple times that if the Russian Federation continues to take and move on and completely commandeer the Odessa area and all that, Ukraine will become a landlocked country. They will have no way to do anything, no commerce, nothing. It'll cut them off. And then it is believed, if that does occur, that Poland and Germany will go in and slice it up, probably other countries, who knows, and they will slice it up, slice it and dice it, and Ukraine will be no more. Pretty much everybody. Anyway, I don't, I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to comment on it. I don't have time. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up is smoke spotted rising from an underground Idaho lab, la, national lab facility, which tests advanced nuclear energy. All I have to say is... Ruh-roh. Next one up. Reportedly happening in many locations now, fireballs are being seen in the sky. Again, I repeat, supposedly this is happening all over the United States of Babylon the Great. This just happens to be one testimony of this weird dynamic that is occurring. Let's listen to this. So here's another video. I'm at... Uh my sister's cottage, tiny Ontario, Georgian Bay Area, and we were walking and we saw what looked like fire burning in the sky. So we went down to the beach. There's an airplane that's circling round in circles, and that big thing, there's like a big flare in the sky. And so we called 911, just in case it was you know, a boat in trouble or something, sending up flares. Um, but it's actually not. It's coming from the airplane flying in circles. It's dropping these big fireballs. When I called 911, 911 said, yes, we're well aware of it. It's the military doing their thing. The military doing their thing. And according to the person that posted this, it is happening in many locations across the entire nation, probably other places as well. All right, praise God. Just wanted to make you aware of that. Next one up. Thank you, Jesus. The Daily Mail reports that the Navy has spent over $600,000 to hide the aerial view of the San Diego base. It's a Navy SEAL base. And from the sky, 
it is in the shape, a perfect shape, of a swastika. Fascinatingly, if you don't know this, so is the Denver Airport runways. If you look at it from the sky, they are in the perfect shape of a swastika. Now, many people don't know this. A swastika is known as a black sun. If you search on black sun and you do a little bit of homework, you will discover very rapidly that there are many, many um, insignia, symbols, whatever, that, repre- that are representative of a, quote, black sun. A black sun is Nibiru sun. A brown dwarf is minus 273 degrees Fahrenheit. It cannot be seen without infrared attachments. It's a black sun. I, uh, anyway, I, I call it identification friend or foe, IFF. They don't want that particular facility to be burned, so they make a symbol of a black sun. So when these entities be- come here to the earth, they will not attack that place. They will not attack the Denver airport. That is where all the elites are going to go. This is captured in the movie 2012. This is why they had pagers, and they had to go to the so-called uh, arcs that were built into the side of the mountains to escape and go to South Africa and all that other creepy awareness. All right, it's all prophetically woven into our movies, if you understand what you're looking at. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. The New York Post, be advised. The New York Post is said now that Sudafed and Benadryl and most decongestants do not work, according to an FDA advisory panel. Now then, the people that are, you know, in my inner circle of folks that I talk to on a regular basis and my family, I have notified them about it. Some of them cared, some of them didn't, some, whatever the case is. The question that comes up continuously is, why and why should I care? Well, I can tell you this. In January of 2019, all countries that had hydroxychloroquine as an over-the-counter medicine, OTC, at all their pharmacies, France took 100% of hydroxychloroquine off the shelf of all their pharmacies in January of 2019. Be advised that catastrophic contagion, the table talk exercise that just happened a few months ago, was about SEERS, S-E-E-R-S, and it's about attacking the children. So you might say, well, I use some other things for decongestant, so I don't really care about Sudafed and Benadryl. However, 99.9% of the population, that's what they're going to go for. When their kids get sick with Sears or whatever they're going to call it, their kids are going to be stuffed up. Their kids aren't going to be able to breathe. They're going to run down to CVS and Walgreens, and they're going to try to buy Sudafed and Benadryl, and it's not going to be available. And their kids are going to die. Supposedly, it's going to have 40 to 75% mortality rate in children. They're going after the kids. So when you see those videos over COVID where people were getting punched out in the store because they weren't wearing a mask, multiply that times 500. All right, next one up. 
Praise God. So listen to this. I'm not even going to play the video or the audio because all you're going to hear is people going, wow, look at that. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. Okay, what I'm going to tell you is that five planes were flying over uh, Germany. Okay, it doesn't say in this particular bit shoot video exactly what town it was. Um, I don't know. But anyway, it's, it, I think it was whatever. But I, I'm not going to guess. But anyway, um, the five planes skywrote, writing, you know, sky, sky wrote, wrote in the sky. And it said, the final countdown. Now, this was sent to me by Sister Elena, and the first thing out of my mouth was, Elena, the final countdown for what? She said, great question. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Pizzagate Satanist chose for the Ukraine. So this woman, Marina Abramovic, who was filmed in the Pizzagate video that put several New York police officers, uh, I guess a couple committed suicide and a couple of them went into insane asylums after they had seen the video of uh, Hillary Clinton and this woman, the, this uh, Marina, she's a spirit cook or whatever, total Satanist, hangs out with the Rockefellers, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they held down, oh gosh, I don't even want to repeat it. It's too horrible to repeat. Let's just say that if you saw the movie with Hannibal Lecter called Silence of the Lambs, there's a scene where he actually does exactly what they did to the 15-year-old girl. It's just horrible. No wonder the police lost it. All right, next one up, praise God, is this. People in the United Kingdom are blocking ULEZ cameras. And you might say, well, what is a ULEZ camera? Well, I didn't know what a ULEZ camera is. Well, evidently, all over the United Kingdom. Now, I know that they have had traffic cameras up all the time. I know that if you drove in any of the country roads and you were going too fast, they would you know, send you a ticket via the mail. Okay. As a matter of fact, the U.K. pretty much invented that concept. So you can thank them okay, for, for your traffic cameras in your town. All right. Now, all that being said, and I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, okay, um, this video, which I can't show you, but I can tell you about, people in the U.K. are getting very wise. They are actually, when, when I played that, they're shooting um, foam insulation into the cameras. They're setting the 5G towers on fire, and they're blocking. So, they, so here's the thing. They're, they've actually have a fleet of vans. With ULEZ cameras on them, and what they do is they scan the license plate, they scan the type of car, all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what people are doing? They're blocking them in. So they pull in front of the ULEZ van while it's going, you know, 55 miles an hour or whatever. They hit pump their brakes until they get the van to stop, and then another vehicle gets in behind them, and they block them in so they can't move. <laughs> and they just sit there, and the, and the person in the ULEZ camera is stuck, trapped. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Next one up. Over 22,000 hectares, also known as 54,000 acres, of crops were damaged in a hailstorm and severe weather in Valencia, Spain. That can't be good. Next one up. Okay, cancers are erupting in ways never seen before. This is from World Net Daily, following the COVID shots. And I'm going to go ahead and scroll in and read you the little tidbit at the bottom of this, where it says, for example, he said, this is the particular professor of epidemiology in the Department of Epidemiology at Public Health at Yale School. Yale? Let's see if he keeps his job for him next week. <laughs> I would say not likely. But anyway, he says, for example, he said, there have been 20-year-olds with colon cancer. 
Whoa. All right, from Russia Today, praise God. The United States government stopped me from interviewing Putin, according to Tucker Carlson. So he's been announcing to people for quite some time that he had every intention of getting Putin in an interview, which I think would have been absolutely brilliant. And he was shut down by the United States government. How about that? He said, I tried to interview Vladimir Putin, and the United States government stopped me, Carlson claimed, in an interview with Swiss publication Die uh, Weltwoch. <laughs> Don't ask me to pronounce it. Talk to uh, the Bugs guy if you want to know how that's well, whatever. Too creepy. Anyway, it says, uh, the 54-year-old uh, Tucker Carlson said, you're not allowed to hear Putin's voice. Because why? There was no vote on on it. No one asked me. They just said you can't do it. All right. So whatever. All right. Next one up. Praise Jesus. New York Post publishes over 11,500 migrants surge into Eagle Pass, Texas, forcing it to declare a state of emergency. Now, let me tell you what. Do you know what a coal car looks like in a train? Do you know what they look like, a coal car? It's a big, empty bucket. So it's just big empty, and they dump coal in it from above, okay, and then they fill them up with coal, and then they travel. What they're doing is they have, uh, you know, illegal immigrants or whatever you want to call them, tens of thousands, and they're jamming them full in these coal cars. They're overflowing, and then they run the train all the way up to the border, and then they let them go charging into the United States, wide open borders. And um, Texas, the governor, has sent down um, – I don't know, National Guard, I don't know what you want to call them, but they're down there stopping them at the border from coming across, supposedly. So we'll see about that. I have been told that Greg Abbott, I believe, is the governor, you know, I think that's who it is, Abbott, and he is a member of the World Economic Forum. So I don't really get it. It gets very confusing when you're trying to sort these things out. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next headline up. The Auto Workers Union expands their strike, get this, to 38 locations in 20 states. Biden plans to visit to show them support. Really? 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 No. No, no. Maybe a body double. If my hunch is correct, Biden's already dead. That's just my hunch. We'll call it a sanctified hunch. But I think he's dead. But they're going to milk this. Look, they have a fake John Fetterman. I don't know if you're aware of that, but if you search, just go on. You can go to Twitter if you have an account. Go to the little search thing and say, just type in Fetterman. And you can almost believe, I believe that you will see, but I don't know for sure. I can tell you that if I do it with my finely tuned doomsday Twitter feed, you will see side-by-side comparisons of the fake John Fetterman Beside the real John Fetterman. You ask me, there's no resemblance. Not at all. But people actually think it's him. That's scary, folks. That's real, real scary. This is the aptitude of the poisoned general public in the United States of Babylon the Great. When I went over to Germany to do my job, okay, more than once, I went out to dinner with the people that I was meeting with. In fact, we sat inside of, in Duisburg, Germany. I met with a company. I will not mention the name of the company. And we were sitting inside a boardroom talking about things, part of my job. But then 
we took a break and we were talking about other things, things of the world. And I said, oh, yeah, I know all about that. Oh, yeah, I know all about that. Oh, yeah, I know all about that. And they're looking at me mesmerized because they have never, ever heard of an American that existed knowing the stuff that I knew. In fact, I even schooled them on some things. Needless to say, we were very good friends. <laughs> okay? <clears throat> anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Exclusive satellite images show, now listen closely, satellite images show an increased activity at nuclear test sites in the following countries. Russia, China, and the United States of Babylon the Great. Okay? So, what do you think that means? Okay. Also, heads up, this is creepy. Blackout in St. Petersburg, Russia. The entire city is black. The entire city is black. No lights. Why is that? Was it a bad thunderstorm? The entire city is black. Just letting you know. Now, did it stay black for long? How long did it last? We don't have any of that data. I'd pass it along to you if we did. But it isn't just St. Petersburg. There's another report of a blackout, massive. And that is in a large expanse of the city that is surrounding the Polkovo International Airport and all the local residential areas around it in the city of, okay, in this particular case, also St. Petersburg. Now, what does this mean? Who's doing it? How did they go dark? These are all questions that are very relevant right now because the general consensus, no pun intended, that is out there right now amongst the experts, McGregor, Ritter, and others that know about the dynamics going on over there, is that the war is on. World War III has already started in full, full force. But at this time, it's mostly cyber, and it's mostly proxy, and it's mostly weaponry. Remember that the United States of America, or Babylon the Great, during World War II, invented under Roosevelt, who was a 33rd degree Mason, and his vice president was known as Henry Wallace. And that was when, when the $1 bill was created with all the evil satanic imagery, the all-seeing eye above the Pyramid of Giza, all the hidden little owls all over it, and Novus Ordo Seclorum, the New World Order, underneath the Pyramid of Giza. Don't even get me going on all the other hidden satanic and occult symbology that is baked into the artwork on the $1 bill. That $1 bill was created by a person by the name of uh, Nicholas Rorick. Nicholas Rorick was known as the guru. Okay, uh, Henry Wallace, the vice president of, of Roosevelt, okay, a 33rd degree Mason, who, by the way, orchestrated Pearl Harbor. He orchestrated Pearl Harbor. I hope that you heard what I said. 
All right. He allowed, he provoked the Japanese fleet. He gave them reason to believe that they would have no resistance if they were to attack Pearl Harbor. He made sure that the ships were there. It was all a complete setup. All right. Roosevelt was evil as the day is long. And Henry Wallace was a Satan-worshipping, baby-killing freak. Okay. And he partnered with this man named Nicholas Rorick to create the $1 bill that we have today. That's why they won't get rid of it. I even met with somebody who was from the UK. I forget where it was in an airport. And the guy said to me, in, in a British accent, he said, you know, mate, this thing sure ain't worth much. I don't understand why y'all keep it around. And I smiled because I know why. Maybe you do too now. <sighs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, once again, thank you, Jesus. We made it. <laughs> Apparently, through a, a show, it was a blessing, a blessing to have Brother Mark come on, share his ministry, his contact information. And um, uh, and uh, please, folks, if you will, as we struggle on into the sorrows period together, because we are in the sorrows period, I, as you know, I've hypothesized that we were in I remember, I don't even know how long ago. Maybe it was six months ago. Who knows? But I, I remember saying, I believe we are on the parking lot pulling in to the sorrows period. Well, then when I saw Wings of Prophecy prophesy that we are in the sorrows period, I said, whoa. Residing in a secret place of the Most High is bar none the most important thing. You, we got to do it now. We got to pray for the lost. Pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will send your angels. I part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea. I pray that you will send your angels unhindered down into the lands of the Ukraine, down into the lands of China, down into the lands of Kosovo, down into the lands of XYZ and LMNOP, whatever the case is. Father, in the name of Jesus, send your angels into their presence, into their dreams, into their visions of the night. Holy Lord Jesus, please come upon them in these dreams. Call them out by their name like you did Samuel. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I pray that you will lead them to salvation in Jesus' mighty name and then pray for your fellow saints pray for them with all of your might all of your heart seek the lord if there is anything that is not harmonious with god's will say father father in the name of jesus i am not in love with you i do not love you with all of my heart with all of my mind with all of my soul with all i don't love you that much i i want to love you that much beseech him which means to beg essentially cry out to him okay ask him to help you to progress if you have behaviors things that you think that you know that shouldn't belong there, angers that are pent up inside of you, feelings that you get, whatever the case is, if you know it is not harmonious with the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, which are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control, against which there is no law, love. Of your neighbor as yourself. Love. Because it is through your love and understanding who you are in the kingdom that your citizenship is in heaven, that you are merely a sojourner soon to be a minor God restored 
to your first estate, a light being of love, to become like Jesus. Like Jesus. Let us all pray that we, that Jesus looks to us, that we are his friends. And it is when you fall in love with the Father. Pray through it. Charles and Francis Hunter admit in their book How to Heal the Sick, in the beginning of the book, that they realized that they did not love the Father as they ought. So that husband and wife team, every day when they would wake up, would say over and over again, Father, we love you. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Father, we love you. Over and over again. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, and there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Okay? This is powerful. Say it. Confess it. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. The power. The power of the tongue. The power. Speak it forth. This is why in 1 John 5, 9, we must confess of our sins. And then our Heavenly Father is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But first, we must speak it forth. Father, I thought about that woman and I thought about having sex with her. It's not okay. It's committing adultery in your heart. It's not okay. There's so many other things that are not okay. You heard one of them tonight from Mark. Not okay. Seek the Lord. Give it to Jesus. Lay it at the foot of the cross. And praise God for the answer. Every single day. Seek God. And say, Father, Lord Jesus, I have this burden upon me. And I think these things. They enter into my heart. Please take it away. Take it away. I give it to you. And praise them. Because they're going to answer your prayer. Praise them. When you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground, thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Praise his name. Pray always to be found worthy, counted worthy, to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man, our King Jesus, at the wedding supper. See you at 7 p.m. Wednesday night. Lord willing. God bless you all. 
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. <laughs> 